Legends Franchise League. Uh, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this. Um, Commissioner here, uh, let's see, this is episode eight of the uh, brand new Legends Radio podcast program. Uh, started this off season during coronavirus 2020. Um, but I'd like to pick this up in other seasons if if it's something we want to keep doing. Um, so today's episode, we have uh, Kyle Kinzer. He is the owner of over 1,000 Beck Hamburgers. Um, so we're going to talk to Kyle about his team, about the draft. We're going to talk about some off-season moves the future of the NFL in 2020, and we might even talk a little trash about some of y'all. So, uh, Kyle, thanks for having you on. Uh, what's up? Yeah, uh, not much, man. Uh, just been living the quarantine life and uh, oh. actually getting some work done. I recently switched jobs. So yes, you did. Been, uh, yeah, I've been starting this new, a little bit of a career change, so I started that all from home and it sounds like we're maybe going back, like, part-time soon. That's good. But it's all, like, really up in the air still. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so Kyle and I, we worked together from 2013 to 2020. Um, you took this new job, what, February, March? Yeah, so I accepted the job like right at the end of February um, with the start date of March 23rd. So when I accepted the job, so then like I accepted it like on a Thursday or Friday, and then I turned in a three weeks notice that Monday. So then uh, at that time, it was kind of like I wouldn't have thought anything of it. (laughs) And then... Over the next few weeks, I was like, oh, I'm, like, not going to have insurance for, um, like, a month. And, mm-hmm. like, there's all just other, all kinds of stuff, like, up in the air with a new job and everything. So it was, like, it was kind of crazy. So, yeah, on top of – I mean, that would have been crazy there. last year. It would have been It would have been crazy any year. But on top of that was, like, really when the virus kind of hit the state's and our region, and everything just kind of went crazy from there. Yeah. And then for me, like, personally, it was strange because that was – so my my job with Tyler, that was the only job I've really had since college. So I've worked there for 12 years. And uh, so, like, you know, like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, we're going to, like, we'll go out to lunch with, like, some group of coworkers, and it'll be nice, you know, and we'll have kind of, like, you know, like a, a farewell kind of lunch is pretty typical for people that work there, you know, at least for a little bit. Yep. And then, like, the whole last week that I was working there was really bizarre. And they were, like, everyone was planning on, like, trying to work from home. And then, like, you're not even supposed to, like, restaurants aren't even open. So we couldn't even, like, go out to lunch anywhere. And they were, like, yeah, typically we would do, like, a farewell lunch. So they just, like, ordered pizza and we... I think technically it broke some rules by having like more than 10 people in the conference room, but it was all like very strange for me. Like a lot of people like weren't even there and stuff. So it was very strange. It was, 
It's so strange yeah. after the fact. Like, like now thinking about sitting in that small conference room with like fifteen people having pizza. Like nowadays, oh, we're like, like completely just dumb. like a foot or something in between. You, oh you yeah, know? we were all you know knocking knees. I mean. But, yeah. like, that is normal life. That's how humans interact yeah. with each other. And so up until that point... Everyone you know, grabbing pizza out of the same boxes and stuff. And then, like, oh, yeah. you know, sharing, sharing containers of ranch and stuff to dip crust in. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, and that was, I mean, days before lockdown. Yeah. Um, it was not long after that that they were, like, just shut it down. Yeah, yeah. So that was weird for me to just kind of process such a big transition when, like, everything kind of got crazy at the same time. Yeah, yeah. We, um, so we worked together at Department of Environmental Quality, downtown Oklahoma City, for um, over, well, crap, is it six years or seven years? Now I'm, I'm forgetting. Yeah, so seven years. So you said you started in 2013? Yes. So do, was that like May? Or what What uh, month or so did you start? Yeah, I started August 1st in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I had just gotten married in March of 2013. I didn't realize that was like the same year and stuff. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you just started like six months after I got married. And, uh, and right after you like tore your Achilles. Yeah, that's right. Um, so August, I was still like non-wavering. So I tore my Achilles playing indoor soccer in May of 2013. And then I was, uh, like on crutches, non-weight-bearing on my foot. Like it was a complete rupture. It was completely torn in half. And, uh, I have pictures of it. Anybody, I'll send them to the group me maybe. But, um, I have like pictures of like two, like, shredded severed ends of my Achilles like sticking out the back of my leg uh, from from the surgery then like rupture like through my skin when it happened. Oh, so but, this um, like a during the surgery photo? Yeah, yeah. My, my oh. doctor, he asked me if I wanted to see the photos and I have like a photo of like my tendon like sticking out the back of my leg and he's like holding it, I think holding it with forceps. Oh. And then I have another picture like from, that's from like a side angle. And I have another picture basically like top down looking at the back of my leg and just like my legs like filleted open and you see it like all stitched like oh. like stitched back together. Dude, that's gnarly. I, I when you said photos, I thought you had meant like an MRI or an X ray or something. Oh man. Oh so, like, an iPhone photo of my tendon. Dude, yeah, I'm I'm definitely down like I wanna see that at, at some point. Um Yeah, I remember meeting you, it was like my first day or second day. And you've got like a big cast and and crutches. You get your foot up on your desk. It's like, hi, I'm Kyle. I can't like stand up and shake your hand, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I was non weight bearing on that leg for like six months, so it was like it was kind oh, of man, it, like all dude. Yeah. Okay. So, so okay. tell us a little more about Kyle. Uh, we know your brother's in the league. Uh, yep. Grant. Kinzer was on pod number three, I think, three or four. Yeah. Um, so I talked to Grant a little bit. So we know a little bit about your childhood. Um, tell us more, like, adult Kyle getting out into the world. You you finished high school in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And then, yeah, so uh, I think 
Yeah. I, I finished high school here, and then I went to uh, University of Texas uh, in Austin for uh, three years. Um, I was originally doing uh, chemical engineering, and then after like a year and a half, I switched to uh, just do like a BS in chemistry. And then was at Texas for three years, and then after a few years there, I switched to um, I changed universities to a school called Howard Payne University, uh, which if you're blasting through these episodes, you may recognize that's where Grant was. That was like probably a couple hours away, and uh, it was a lot less expensive. And I was like basically on track to finishing five years and uh, not making really good grades, but just kind of on track to like finish. I was like basically had to retake a few classes and and just kind of just kind of skating through, uh, like on a five-year plan, basically. And um, so anyway, I switched over to Howard Payne for those last two years, finished up, got a BS in chemistry, looked around for work a little bit in that kind of central Texas area, but um, I had, like, uh, a pretty decent amount of student loans, um, so I didn't want to, like, get a place to rent or anything like that if I didn't have a job and then it was like hard to look for a job somewhere if you're not living there so I I just yeah. ended up moving back home and then uh, got um, got a job at DEQ um, in 2007 uh, as a temp in the lab and after like nine months a uh, full-time position opened up and then I was been working there um, you know, up from 2007 until uh, February or like early March. So uh, that's that's kind of like my adult professional career. Um, let's see, I uh, I met, uh, I'm married. We have two two uh, little girls, and I met Lisa through a mutual friend um, in 2012. And uh, she lived in Tulsa, so I was like an hour and a half away. Yeah. So we we would you know Skype and all that stuff, which I I hated doing all that stuff through Skype. It was like kind of, it was long distance. I didn't really like the video chat. It was uh-huh, like uh-huh. really hard. I was like so easily distracted and stuff. Like sitting in a room and there's like you know other stuff like dogs and stuff. And I'm trying to talk to Lisa on the computer, and so that was like always a struggle to like. They like engage in conversation and stuff. So, uh, but we would just see each other every weekend. So we just we only dated for like nine months, and then I proposed, and then we got married like three or four months after I proposed, and uh, we've been married for just over seven years now. Um, we have a four-year-old daughter, Austin, and then we have a eighteen-month-old uh, daughter, Cora. So they're both a lot of fun. Uh, Cora is completely unaware that life is different right now and has been different for a while. Um, Austin is adjusting to it. It was like really strange for her at first. Um, we have, we have a bunch of friends and uh, other kids on our street. And, uh, it's like really typical that, you know, you just go outside and there's going to be some other kids outside. Just go outside anytime while the sun's up and there's going to be some kids out there playing. And, uh, so it's really weird for her to like not, you know, for us to be like, 
well, we'll go on a walk, but we're not going to play with the kids on our street, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of got to where we're like, well, we can play with the kids, but like kind of keep your distance and stuff. And that was, that was like hard, kind of hard to, for her to really, under, I mean, she's three, so she'll be right. four in July, but, uh, doesn't really understand all that stuff. Yeah, so. it, it is weird, you know. You know, my daughter will be two. Uh, gosh, in like two weeks, um, and yeah, she has no idea what's going on. But you know, yeah. and I are, you know, just trying to get by. You know, and thankfully we have our jobs and we can work from home. And we and it's full time now. Um, they started back this week. Um, she's at work right now and I'm at home, but, uh, but yeah, it's weird. It's different. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty wild. So that's, that's probably kind of my, my life kind of wrapped up. Married, two kids, two dogs, um, just started a new job. So my new job, uh, I, I was a chemist with Tyler, uh, in, a, in the environmental lab and now, I'm, um, it's, it's technically like an IT job. It's under like the IT umbrella, um, at a, at the OU hospital, but it's, um, it's really more like a software analyst, software specialist that we're supporting the laboratory and like building and setting things up for them to use this new software package that they, um, that they're, uh, buying. So. It's it's technically an IT job, but like like I I don't really I'm not like I wouldn't call myself like a computer person per se or anything like that. I just you know I can learn to run and use the software. Like all the all of the like application and stuff is all like pretty high level. Um, you know I'm not like coding or like you know doing anything like really serious like messing with like computers per se as far as like hardware settings all that kind of stuff it's just like it's kind of more like an advanced software user like a software administrator than it is like um you know what what i would have kind of for a long long time thought it was like as an it job yeah so you uh you're still a nerd you move from nerd job to yeah Yeah, okay but you know it's funny though so like the zoom meeting with Uh like a bunch of IT people and they've all like everyone has like Game of Thrones background and oh, like some funny. random dude is in like you know a fighter jet cockpit and they're all like on the moon and it's like you know everyone's got the IT guy glasses and this guy's got his cat in his lap and he's just like petting his cat the whole time <laughs> and like being science <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> like oh so he, Yeah, I just zoomed with uh, Greg, our uh, former manager, um, who's still my manager, but he's Kyle's former manager. Um, So Greg and I zoomed, and he's like, gosh, I I think it was like his garage, or maybe it was his office, but he's got some weird decor, if it was like an office, because it looked like a garage. He's got like a big old American flag. He's got probably American flag, animal heads, guns. Oh yeah, there was like there was like boxes of ammo. Uh, he's got yeah, like a backward cap on. He has a pretty big reloading setup in his garage, so I wouldn't have been surprised if it was garage. Yeah, I think it was. So there's like you know a box of trash bags and stuff. You know, like 
your typical, you know, American garage, you know, set up, but it's just funny. Yeah, he just had, it could have been his bunker. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He just hasn't organized it yet. Yeah, I mean, he's probably working on it right now, you know, end of the world. Coming he's up, he's so. legit a prepper, like, you know, to the extent that you can, like, in a neighborhood. Yeah, I, I believe it, some of his stories. You know, yeah, I know, he's, he's pretty funny with some I of that stuff. he's got the armory that... Uh, I go. He doesn't look too far from uh, Ann and I, actually, um, up Kelly. But oh yeah, I, he, I forget he's up there, like northern edge of Edmond. Yeah. For some reason, I'm always thinking he's like out west, but he's yeah. up north, like on Waterloo or something. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I yeah. saw him actually a few weeks ago. But anyways, not to get too sidetracked. Oh, you just ran into him, or was like purposely? Yeah, I saw him at Coles. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I was doing an Amazon return, dropping off at Coles. And the, the girls' dance class is right there, or Austin's dance class is right there. So that's, I, that's I saw him and I talked to him for a minute. Small world, dude. Especially nowadays, like, we just don't even get out enough to bump into people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was actually, like, a few months ago. I, I said I saw him recently, like, okay. a few months ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, um, so we started this league. Uh, you were one of the inaugural uh, members. Um, I can remember... We started, it was the 2014 season, so I guess we're probably prepping the summer of 2014, and it's so funny. I remember we're, like, at work talking about the startup draft, and we're, like, looking at picks, and I think you made a pretty substantial trade before that startup draft that, you know, we were dissecting. Yeah, I was, so I was randomly... Uh, assigned the number one draft spot. Yeah, and 20 so, teams. We were uh, so some of the members don't know this. We were 20 teams that first season um, before we cut down to 16, where we've been for the last few years. Um, yeah, so it was a random startup draft order. It was snake. So you picked first and 40th. Yeah, and I was honestly, I would, did not want that draft spot. So, yeah. um, I think, um, I think Josh traded with me. Uh, I don't remember, but I think it was Josh traded with me, but whoever it was, they had the last draft spot. Yeah. So they picked 20 um, and 21. Yeah. And I, I do remember yeah. who it was actually. It was not Josh. There was a guy. Um, so Greg, who is also now a former owner, Greg was in the league for the last few years and in the startup draft. His brother-in-law, his name was Ryan Andis, okay? Mm-hmm. And I remember that name. Dude, this dude, I had played with him in, in a league before that as well. And, like, when I tell you this was the worst fantasy football owner that I've ever played with, like, I've played with a lot of people. I've been playing for over 10 years. I've commissioned a lot of leagues. I've been in leagues. Like, I've just played with a lot of different people. And this guy was freaking terrible. And honestly, I didn't even think your trade with him was bad, but just other moves he did, like, oh, he was just so bad. Anyway. That trade wasn't too bad when you consider that it was a 20-team league. So the trade was um, the first overall pick, and I think my fifth-round pick for picks, so his first and second, which were 20 and 21, and his 
fourth. So it basically was pick number one overall, and then I got 20 and 21, and then I also bumped up my fifth round pick to be like the first it was like the first pick in the fourth round right. and he got the first pick in the fifth round. So it basically moved like a later pick up exactly one whole round. Yeah. And then I got twenty and twenty one uh for pick one overall. Dude. And I don't even remember who I, I do you know, I think so I got I think with that twenty and twenty one, I think I took Alshon Jeffrey and Jordy Nelson. And this was you know, it's like 2013 or 2014. Right. So this so. is like Bears, Alshon Jeffrey, and Packers, Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Good Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Good young. Alshon and Jordy Nelson, who, who was great for a long time. Yeah. He was, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I remember in that startup draft, so Ryan had the last pick in the startup. But we actually did the rookie draft. We held a rookie draft before the uh, – before the startup draft, and so he he the order was reversed. So he had the first pick in the rookie draft. Yeah, so, that's right. So I remember like and and we we were, we played on CBS back then, but they didn't have like a rookie draft um, system. Okay, so I just did this like basically it was completely over email. So um, I'm actually I'm going to look up. I, I didn't even plan on this, but I'm going to look up that email. Let's see if I can find that email of that draft because it would be fun. Did you pick a defensive player first overall? Dude, okay, here's the story. So, yes. So, here's the story. Um, so, I'm talking to Ryan. I'm like, hey, man, we're doing rookies only. Um, you know, this is – the dude's never of – course, of course, we had never played Dynasty either. So, everyone's new to Dynasty format. But this guy's like – Fairly new to fantasy football in general, and honestly, he—it it, it sounded like he was new to sports in general. Okay, so, so I'm t- I'm talking about the rookies, and I don't know if this guy even knows a rookie. Okay, because we're talking, and he's like, um, you know, gosh, I remember what his questions were, but I told him like, hey, IDPs are also a part of our league. You know, you can get defensive players if you want. You know, and I had mentioned like, well, this is the year uh, Jadavion Clowney was drafted number one overall by the Houston Texans. I was like, hey, you know, Jadavion Clowney, he was the first pick. You could take him. Like, and I'm just trying to like lay out his options, and he just like jumps. He's like, yes, Clowney, that's what I want. And I told him, I was like, look, we had never, the league had not even started. I told him, I was like, this is how much the defensive players score. I think they will be worth less than offensive players. Like I would, You shouldn't I would, have even said offensive players. You should have just said worthless. Yeah, I probably I, – honestly, like, I didn't even know they, they were worthless. Like, I, in hindsight, I, I gave him probably too much freedom and credit. I should have been like – you know, but at the same time, I don't want people like that in the league either. That, like, I need to hold their hand in a rookie yeah. Anyway, he wasn't in the league much yeah, longer. Yeah, I mean, all it does is just those type of owners are just going to get preyed upon by the, like, obnoxiously persistent owners, and yeah. that's not going to be – and uh, people are just going to, like, hound them, and it's like – 
every time that owner gets something of value, they're just going to have some vultures like beating down the doors to just like pick them clean. And it's not, it's not good for early. Yeah, no. Well, he didn't last. Um, but yeah, so our first ever rookie pick in Legends Franchise League was Jadavion Clowney. Um, this was actually a, a, a loaded rookie class. Um, and we didn't even know it at the time. But um, So Greg Hodge, uh, he had the second pick, and Ryan was his brother-in-law. So Greg takes Bishop Sankey from the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think he played at Washington. I remember how much buzz he had coming into the league like as a rookie. Yes, I remember that too. Yeah, and, and that did not work out. Um, Todd, so Todd's in the league. Uh, Todd's been in since the first season. Uh, Todd is owner of Headbangers. So um, me, Kyle, and Todd all work together at the DEQ. So it's actually been uh, it's been about two years, almost two years ago. Todd left the DEQ. He's been working um, in Texas. But the three of us all worked together when we started this league. So Todd had third pick overall. He got Sammy Watkins with the Bills. Um, yeah. And Sammy Watkins had a... You know, people want to, like, dog on Sammy right now because he's kind of bounced around a little bit. But um, he was pretty good those first few years. And he was supposed he to be... He looked very promising for, like, the first couple of years. Yeah, he's, so. he's one of the best wide receivers that came out of college um, in a long time. That class was really loaded. Uh, so yeah. Kevin, uh, Kevin, the ball and bench warmers owner, he took Mike Evans fourth. Mike Evans still with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think that was the Mike Evans class. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, so lots of good receivers here. Um, Teddy Bridgewater went fifth. Um, okay, so here's where it gets bad. So I had the sixth pick. And I specifically remember I was in love with Brandon Cooks. I just thought Brandon Cooks okay. looked awesome. He looked awesome at Oregon yeah. State. I remember watching film like I was some sort of scout or something. Like, oh, man, this guy's got the explosion. He's got the burst. He's got the speed. He's got the hands. Like, I want this guy. And I remember, like, watching more tape. I don't even remember what college he went to, but there was a running back from a small college coming out. The Cleveland Browns drafted him by the name of Terrence West. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't even remember where he went to school, like Old Dominion or something. I don't even know. The dude, so, like, the day before the draft. I bet he had a bunch of yards. Yeah, yeah, he, he – so, uh, if you haven't figured out by now, bus pick, I take Terrence West. Um, and he also went to the Browns, who I just, they just needed a running back at the time. Anyway, so not a good rookie pick. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. goes the very next pick. Okay, I thought that was the Odell. Yes. So, OBJ, who's had a phenomenal career, a little bit down here. We'll, we'll talk more about OBJ later. But Yeah, we'll for sure get into him. Yeah, so... He's had a fantastic career thus far. Uh, that was Jeremy at seven. So Josh picked the very next pick at eight, took Eric Ebron at, uh, with the Lions. Um, Johnny Menzel went next pick at nine. Um, so Chris Shute, who's in the league, uh, Zebra Cakes owner, uh, he took C.J. Mosley, linebacker, uh, at ten. So... Yeah, so like we're we're ten picks through our first rookie draft, and we have two quarterbacks and two linebackers. So um, you can see like how 
just green, all of us were with the rookie drafts. Um, and then Derek got Brandon Cooks, uh, the next pick. Uh, Marquise Lee went 12. Grant took Carlos Hyde at 13 um, with the, the 49ers. He had a nice run with the 49ers those first few years. Yeah, he did. Uh, he was a, Carlos Hyde was a, uh, a good part, of, a good addition, RB1, solid part of my team for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, just like all running backs. You know, in the year seven, he's kind of bouncing around, but this yeah, yeah, happens to all of them. That's just part of the position. But um, Jordan Matthews was 14, and Devontae Adams with the Packers went 15. Oh, wow. I didn't realize I Because I picked – oh, no, but I picked 20, not 16. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, loaded wide receiver class. Uh, Blake Bortles went 16. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin went 17 to Tanner. Tanner picked Kelvin Benjamin with the Panthers. Yeah. Had a really good rookie season. He kind of fizzled out. Yeah, he was, almost, he was almost good. Yeah, almost yeah. good. Um, Cody Latimer went 18. He's a linebacker, right? No, he was a receiver for the well, Broncos he's a receiver. at the time. He played for the Saints for a while. He, he's played all over. I think he most recently played with the Giants. Um, I, I think he was still in the league last year. He's just bounced around everywhere. Uh, never yeah. really found a fit. Uh, Trey Mason went 19. Trey Mason had a really good rookie season. He was a running back for the Rams. Um, yeah. He had a really good rookie season. I remember in another league, I was in a keeper league, and I got Trey Mason like really late. He had a really good rookie year. He was he was set to be the Rams starting running back, and I kept him in that league. Um, yeah. And that very next draft, the Rams draft Todd Gurley in the first round. Yeah. So yeah. Trey Mason, Trey Mason ends up like getting in trouble with the law or something, and he like um, he he's not even in the league anymore. Um, I wouldn't even try to be surprised if he was like in jail or something. Like I don't know what. Not in the going. public anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah. So that did not work out. Um, and then you pick twentieth. Um, Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson, yes. Um, That's right. The Penn State receiver, he gets drafted by the Jaguars. Um, Alan Robinson still I think, uh, So Marquise Lee went like a few picks ahead of Alan Robinson. Yeah, I that's think right. they were both drafted by the So the, the Jags drafted like two receivers and a quarterback, like all pretty early in that draft. Yeah, Bortles. Was, and there I was think, a lot Bortles of hype well. around this offense is gonna, you know, explode, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be this. You know, it's gonna go from MJD running it all the time to be like this fast, happy, yeah. you know, offense. And, and honestly, like it kind of was those first couple of years. Bortles wasn't great, but he was kind of like you know Jameis Winston. He was at least putting up some numbers, and Allen Robinson was awesome. Yeah, yeah, Allen Robinson was really good. He had a really promising rookie year. And uh, I don't. Oh, so our rookie draft that year, it was just that one round, wasn't it? Yeah, we just had one round. It was twenty picks. Okay. Yeah, so there was no second round. Um, the very next rookie draft, we added a second round, and that's also when we we dropped from twenty teams to sixteen teams. So there were four rosters that were just like dispersed into the rookie draft. So there was a mix yeah. of like veteran picks with rookie picks, um, but that's, you know, we, we've had a second round ever since then. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, we were so new. I was I I had no idea what I was doing, like trying to set up a dynasty league. But um, so we had a one round rookie draft. Uh, we had a uh, we ha- we had our startup draft in one night, which was at least twelve rounds of twenty picks each. I think at least twelve rounds. It might have been fifteen rounds, and. I remember setting the clock to 60 seconds a pick because I just I didn't want to draft for like four hours. I was like, we gotta we gotta keep this going. It was 60 seconds a pick for a dynasty startup, and and we were yeah. all just absolutely scrambling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, that so that's our league. Um, but you've been playing fantasy football before Legends Franchise League. Uh, yeah, so uh, about so so actually, when I transferred um, universities from UT to uh, Howard Payne, it was this tiny little town. And I remember when I was at UT, my roommate he played fantasy football. He kind of explained it to me how it was. I was kind of like didn't really get it. Thought it sounded kind of silly, and um, just didn't really see how that would be like fun or anything. And then there's, like, you know, I was living in Austin, Texas, so there's, like, a lot of stuff to do. And uh, then when I went to live in Brownwood, uh, some of my friends were like, hey, you, you should play. You know, this is early on, like, you, you would do a fantasy draft, like, pretty much right at the beginning of a, of a semester, you know, of, of college starting. So uh, they were like, hey, uh, we're doing this draft. It's, like, in a few days. And these are, like, some friends I've had uh, for a long time. I had like a couple of friends uh, that went to uh, that went to school there, and they're like, "Look, there's uh, not like really anything to do around here, so um, you're gonna <laughs> yeah. basically play. they're like you're gonna regret it if you don't play fantasy football." I was like, "All right, I'll give it a try," and uh, so that was 2005, and uh, that was my first um, foray into fantasy football. Um, I couldn't find anywhere that had internet. So, oh my gosh. so I ended up auto drafting because I didn't I didn't have internet access. Like when the draft came around, like you know, like I'd go through go through my day, and I don't remember like what day of the week it was. But I kind of go through my day, and I I eat dinner, and then the draft was like that evening or something. And I was like, you know, this is you know, I didn't have a smartphone or anything, and I was like, oh, I gotta like I don't know how to log on to this website. Like I gotta end it. You know, I, I was I, I would have had to walk somewhere to get to like the computer lab or something on campus. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Oh, it's fine. Your your team, they'll just your team will draft for you." And I was like, "All right, that sounds fine." <laughs> so, yeah. So my first team was auto drafted, and I ended up having, coincidentally, had a, a really good team that year. It was like I got auto drafted like Tom Brady, and that was like one of the first years that he was like really any good for fantasy. I had like Edron James and Chad Johnson and Antonio Gates and like some other, like, uh, I don't know how my team was auto drafted and ended up being that good. Like knowing what I know now, I'm sure I took a kicker and a defense like in the sixth and seventh round. So, but other than that, my team ended up being really good. Dude, Yeah. Did you cash in money that year? No, that was a free league. Um, I don't think I started playing for money until I got out of college. Yeah. And uh, so that would have just been like a couple years later. But um, So I did that league. um, And then uh, when I got out of college, so 2007, um, I started uh, a 
another redraft league uh, with some really longtime friends back here in Oklahoma City, and uh, we're still in that league. Um, it's, it's a it's a keeper league. We keep two players, uh, but other than that, it's you know it's all like redraft, and and that is um, that's actually a superflex league, and that league has been a superflex league for over ten years. Uh, it was the first year it was not superflex, and then the second year we made it superflex, and at the time that was like this really bizarre. Yeah. Kind of like, so one guy in the league, he actually left the league because he said it was like a Mickey Mouse league with a bunch of like stupid, bizarre rules. And yeah. one, one of those things was it was super flex league. And uh, so um, anyway, so that's been, that league's been around for a long time. Um, we're an early adopter of super flex. Oh, way uh, early. Way early. It's like yeah, a trend now. Uh, you guys are trendsetters. Yeah. I think I think actually a lot of the websites heard about us, like ESPN and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna give this a try," and that's I think how Superflex became oh, so popular. Yeah, you got no royalties but, though. Yep. Yep. You saw no cash from this but, from this idea though. Yeah, and we got yeah we got nothing out of it. So that's a hundred dollar league. That's like my by far my biggest. All my other leagues are like twenty to thirty dollars. Yeah. Um, I do like I do four total leagues. So I have the dynasty, and then I have. Um, like three redraft leagues. Okay, yeah. So and it's, it's, it's a lot. I, I, I like. I kind of regret every year. I'm like, I wish I could pare down one of these leagues, but I don't. I don't know which one. I, I don't. I can't like. It's hard to pick which one to get rid of. So I just kind of. Yeah. Up yeah, I'm with feeling you. Feeling a little overstretched. I, I've years, actually gotten but, rid of a few leagues the last couple of years, but I've I've then joined other leagues. Like I can't stop my like. Every time I cut down my leagues to like, I think one spring I was down to two, and I was like, "This is it. I'm just the two leagues I commish. I'm just doing these." And then like somehow I got like roped into a. I think that's that was like two or three years ago, maybe two years ago. It was like, "Hey, Superflex is really fun. You know, you give it a try." End up joining a Superflex yeah. league. Um, so, so yeah, I feel you there. Um, but yeah, so you've been playing fantasy for a long time. Legends have been around. We're going into our seventh season, so we've played six seasons. Uh, you've played all six. Um, we'll talk about your team and your history real quick. You are one of our six owners with the championship. Um, probably off the backs of that startup trade that you orchestrated that really set you forward. Um, yeah, and you made good. Yeah, points, that's you know, they weren't and, given. To uh, I was also. Um, I feel like personally, I was also an early adopter of not drafting quarterbacks early, and uh, that's been um, a strategy of mine in redraft leagues for much longer than you have ever read about that in any kind of like expert advice columns. So you know, not to toot my own horn, because there's certainly a lot of things that I learned about fantasy football like over the last 10 or 15 years but um waiting on a quarterback and and not valuing quarterbacks that high uh has been part of my strategy for a long time and it's, it's worked out well for me and, and i did that in that uh fantasy draft so in in our startup draft um i think it was like maybe the fifth round or so and then bear in mind i had two first-round picks and two fourth-round picks. And I want to say, like, in the fifth round, I took Phillip Rivers. And yep. 
he's been, he was fine. He wasn't like, you know, he's not obviously not helping me in the sense that like a Lamar Jackson or a, you know, heyday Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady and stuff would be helping you. But I invested very little in him and he was a, you know, he was a like top 10 QB for like eight years, you know, until oh, I, still going. I, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I traded him. I traded him last year. He was like, fine. Just like kind of just right among there, you know, like you're not, you would have to spend a lot to get someone better. And it, they wouldn't be like a lot better. So, yeah. That was probably it. Yeah, I mean, that was a huge part of it. Um, so you loaded up on receivers, running backs. I remember a bunch of quarterbacks went. You traded the first overall pick in that startup draft. Uh, and that guy took a quarterback. Yeah, Ryan, he took, uh, he took Andrew Luck first overall. Yeah. Um, which didn't sound terrible, you know, when we, were, when we were doing it. I remember Aaron Rodgers probably went top four, uh, I believe. I think Calvin Johnson was up in the top five. And then, uh, gosh, there was there there. I know there was a running back up there. Um, you know, maybe it was like a Jamal Charles. I, I don't know. Um, I, I took I took Matt Stafford in that first round. Um, oh, a bunch yeah. of quarterbacks that went just like you know we didn't we just thought you know oh, it was a dynasty you know this is like real life football you got to have franchise quarterback you know yeah you got to build around these long term pieces, you know, quarterback. Yeah, you exactly. get the ball in every play. Why would you not want to invest highly in them? Yeah, yeah. We're going to keep rosters from year to year. you got to have guys that, you know, last 10 years, you know. Yeah. Um, so that was the thought back then. So, so yeah, so 2014 and 2015, we actually played on CBS. So we moved over. Uh, we play on My Fantasy League. Uh, we've been there for, this will be the fifth season coming up. Um. So in 2016 is your championship season. You went 18 and seven. You won your division. You won a championship. In 2017, you were even better. You were 20 and five, uh, but you yep. you didn't have as much playoff success. You you got fourth that season. It was actually uh, you and I played in the third place game. I got third. And uh, I remember that going into that game, I was down by like five points and going into Monday night and you were done, I think. And I had Alshon Jeffrey who at the time was still like, he wasn't that great anymore. He was like injured a lot, Yep. but like his worst game that whole season was like seven points. So I was like, okay, he literally needs like two catches and, and 35 yards or something. And I, I'll win. And he got zero. He had a yeah. total goose egg for the game. Yeah, like he had zero. So the I final score, the final score here is uh, me seventy five point two seven to seventy four. So I beat you by one point yeah. three. It, it's interesting. So I have Matt Stafford. So my my team was Matt Stafford got me ten. Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers got me eighteen. Um, I had Josh Gordon with the Browns, um, who only got two points. Uh, Julio Jones got me 18. Uh, I believe this was Juju Smith-Schuster's rookie year. He got me 16. Um, I had Evan Ingram, who only got two. And Navarro Bowman was my linebacker. He got six and a half. So 
Uh, Philip Rivers was your quarterback in 15.6. Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake with the Dolphins, um, he only had six. Yep. Um, he was getting a bunch of time at the end of that season. Uh-huh. That was, I think that was, I think I called him up uh, out of taxi. Oh, uh, yeah. He was starting to get some more looks. And then Adam Gase decided against that after he did really well at the end of that season. He was like, well, that's enough of that. And yeah, Carlos Hyde had 15 points with the 49ers. Um, and then you've got Bills, LaShawn McCoy with 17. Yep. Uh, you started Marquise Goodwin with the 49ers. He was just recently traded from the 49ers. Um, he'd been there longer than I thought. Uh, he I did not realize I ever started Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, he did in the third place game. He only got 5.2. Um, if you would have got 5.4, you would have won, but, or no, it had been 6, 6.4 or something like that, but yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, zero. So yeah, that was our third place game in 2017. Um, so you made some moves. We, we heard that roster. It sounds old now, but it was actually, they were a little bit old um, that year. So you made some big yeah. moves that off season. 2018 was a rebuild season. You went 10 and 15. Okay. Um, and then last season, 2019, still working on that roster. You went 8 and 17. Um, yeah. So since the end of the year, um, you you make you had acquired early picks before that season in the the season prior when you were 10 and 15, but you acquired a few more picks, and you've, mu- you've moved some of those picks. So, um, gosh, I'm looking. Okay, so in February, you moved on from Philip Rivers. So, Philip Rivers moves on from the Chargers. He moves to the yeah. Colts. Yeah, know. traded him to Anthony. Yeah, so For Kyle, like two, Kyle moves on from Philip Rivers. He goes to Anthony. You got uh, pick 216 and pick 303. So I, I, I would have done that for 216, honestly. That's probably enough. Um, but so you get three, 303 thrown in. That's a good deal. Um, and then uh, a month later, two months later, so this was only this was only a few weeks ago, you traded uh, Kenyon Drake, who's now with the Cardinals. So Cardinals, Kenyon Drake, uh, and then you threw in Gerald Everett and 307 for Cooper Cup. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So pretty big deal. Uh, starting running back for a starting receiver. Um, what do you think about? Is this is this have more to do with Kenyon Drake in Arizona, or or is this really just I want Cooper Cup? Um. So I I like those players about the same. Um. You know I think they're both like pretty high upside. Um. You know Cooper Cup has shown the potential like you know for half the season or more like he was like wide receiver one you know he so he he can be a wide receiver one like throughout a season i I believe like that upside is certainly there um you know i I think that offense is good enough that you know he's going to be a good like long-term player yeah um Kenyon drake you know obviously we saw with the cardinals um he was doing something like 16 points a game. Uh, his efficiency was still there. Uh, he had always had, like, really good efficiency in Miami. That's why I had always just held on to him all those years, and he was only getting, 
you know, eight touches a game or whatever. But every time they let him get, you know, enough touches, you have a good game. Yeah. So he was a guy that I always believed in. I was just kind of just waiting on and hanging around. Even though he's a running back, you know, he wasn't – he was very low mileage because they weren't really ever using him. So then when he finally got traded to a team, you know, where um, Kingsbury is a coach – uh, you know, it's look, it looks like it's probably going to be like an offensively minded team. I was excited about that. And uh, now he was still behind David Johnson at the time. So I was pretty nervous about that. But then he gets there and like he's the guy like from the get go. So that was that was really exciting. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think Josh made some comment like, oh, Kenyon Drake will be an upgrade from Cooper Cup this year. And that wouldn't shock me if that happened, um, but I I just feel like I'm still I'm still rebuilding a little bit right now, and I wanted to get um, someone in, in like Cooper Cup who would probably be like a, you know a solid like top 16 or better wide receiver for potentially like several more years or or yeah. even a little bit longer, yeah. um, you know over over a guy like Kenyon Drake, who might be like the missing piece for a championship move uh, next year, but I'm, you know, realistically not one piece away from a championship uh, appearance next yeah, year. So um, that was really more of a, uh, you know, team fit, a longevity move. Um, I like those two players really pretty equally. Um, you know, Josh is insisting on getting something more in the trade, so I threw in like a third round pick. And show whatever. Uh, yeah. so like, there you go. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The stuff you want. Those are guys that he was asking about. I, I guess he kind of liked Everett, or just because he's a tight end, we have to play a tight end next year. I don't remember exactly what Josh's tight end situation is, but uh-huh. I mean, Everett, yeah. in the same way that I'm talking about Cooper Cup, you know, Everett is um, in an offense that, you know, you know, there could be points to go around. Uh, Brandon Cooks is gone. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's, you know, there, there's some potential there for Everett. So, you know, Josh probably got, you know, a, a roll of the dice on that, you know, maybe, maybe he ends up being good next year. So. Yeah. 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 It, it's interesting about Drake. I think about another Miami running back who is stuck in this anemic offense and just terrible play calling and coaching. Um, and then he moves to, you know, a fantastic offensive system I'm talking about Damian Williams. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I of course we watched Damian Williams in the Sooner State um in college and he doesn't get drafted. He had some like legal troubles. Um he gets get suspended. So but he ends up on the Dolphins and flashes here and there, but was just never really given a chance and he moves on, you know, kinda like Drake and David Johnson. Uh he, he goes to the Chiefs where at the time they still had Kareem Hunt. Um, before his incident, and then like for a little while, Spencer Ware was still kind of like the primary backup. But but yeah, Damian Williams got his shot to to prove something, and um, you know he flashed in a a a chief system with you know a thousand weapons and a good young quarterback. And you know maybe that's the Cardinals. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so so interesting move there. So you had three first round picks. Um, you you move one of them. You still have two first round picks, so you yep. had 107, 108, and one ten. And one ten. Yes, and so you moved one hundred eight um, 
just last week, and you got Amari Cooper. So yeah. tell me, did did you and Cam talk about this for a while, or was this kind of just like because? Yeah, I think we talked about it for a while, at yeah. least to you know what to me is a while. I think we were. Um, talking about a couple of different trade options. You know, he was trying to move Amari Cooper and Devontae Adams for, for several weeks or something, yes, I feel he like. Was. And he was really wanting to move them together. Yep. Um, and at one point, he reason. had offered me both of them for all three of my first-round picks plus Daniel Jones. And uh, I was just like, I I can't do that. That just makes my team like in a really weird spot. I would, uh-huh. I would just be like all wide receivers. And because uh, I think I had already traded. At one point, he was trying to get Kenyon Drake off of me with some stuff. Like, he was asking, I, I think, like, maybe two picks and Kenyon Drake or Kenyon Drake and a first for for one of those guys. I don't really remember. I mean, there was, like, so many different offers thrown out. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, uh, Josh is also talking to me about Kenyon Drake. And uh, I'm also getting, you know, just inundated with a bunch of really terrible offers for my picks. Um you know, on a pretty regular basis at that time. But uh, they, yeah, he was trying to move those two guys together. And I was just like, I can't, I don't really want to do that because I was kind of hoping or thinking that I would get a running back and a receiver. And I already, so this is, I have Cooper Cup, I have Odell Beckham. Um, I don't want to also take on Amari Cooper and Devontae Adams and, and then have like no picks and, and really not a lot. Um, I was basically ended up having to flip one of those guys because that was going to leave me with uh, no picks, no quarterback, no running back. You know, like yeah. we'll see what Cam Newton does. We'll see what Nick Foles does. But it would be a potential where I have like these four really good receivers, but then my team would still probably be really bad because I would just have like, you know, below replacement level at quarterback and running back potentially. So yeah. I would be like, okay, I, and I wouldn't end up with a good pick next year to, like, replace a running back or something. So uh, I, could, I couldn't do that trade, even though, like, I, I was it, – it's tough to turn down Devontae Adams. It's tough to turn down Amari Cooper. But it just – it didn't – it was a situation I felt like was going to be really dicey and then yeah. still put me back in, like, at least another year of rebuilding. And then Odell Beckham is 27. Uh, like, I don't really want to commit, you know, commit to another year or two rebuilding when I've got, you know, a guy who's, uh, you know, potentially has some good value and he's 27. Like, I don't want to be, like, waiting until he's 29 to do anything with him. Sure. Yeah, so you did move uh, 108. So he moves Adams. Um, and then 20 minutes later, he traded uh, 108 for Amari Cooper. So, yeah, that was basically, he was talking to me uh-huh. and, to our Tanner, Josh, I don't remember who it was, but he was talking to all of us kind of at the same time. And then he said, Hey, what about Cooper for 108 straight up? He was like, I, I think I've worked out a deal to move Adams by himself. So in that case, I would do Cooper by himself to you for 108. And I was like, Okay, I, I was like, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had come to me and asked me about Cooper and Adams. I was like, Yeah, I like Cooper and Adams. You know, what are you thinking? He's like, Well, I'd like to move both. And I was like, dude, I don't know if I can pay for both of those. Like that, those are two right. really good young, you know, and maybe not super young, but in their prime. Certainly not old. Very good in their prime wide receivers. And I, I'd asked them about Adams, and we had talked for a little bit, 
before he ends up trading with Tanner. But I remember he told me, he was like, all right, well, you know, maybe I'd do this for Adams, but I can't do it right now because I need to find a deal for Cooper. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. He's like, well, I can't just trade Adams. I've got to trade Cooper too because, you know, if I only trade Adams, then my team sucks. Then what? Cooper's not going to help me. I'm rebuilding. And I was like, yeah, I get that, but you have all summer to trade Cooper. You can trade Adams now and then trade Cooper. But, like, yeah. he, was, he was dead set on, like, my rebuild it has to begin now. Just being, being done with it and yeah. just being ready to go. Yeah. Ready to and, go. And, and I think he got good deals. I mean, his his team is absolutely set up. You know, we talked a little bit about it on the last episode. I talked um, I talked with Derek and Anthony when these trades happened. And so he's got a bunch of firsts. And so now it just depends if he picks well. If he picks bad, it doesn't matter. But um, So he's got good deals. I just thought it was funny how, like, he had this sense of urgency, like the clock was ticking, and, and it wasn't even May. We were in April. I'm like, bro, you know, we, we have all summer, but that's that's how some, some of our owners work. That's fine. Um, it's just it's just interesting how we're all a little different. So, so you made some moves. You still have 107. You still have 110. Do you think yep. you'll make picks there for sure, or I do. maybe they get traded? Yeah. I do. Well, I don't see anyone – I don't really see getting a very good deal for those picks just because it's like hard enough to get like what I consider to be like, you know, equitable value on trade. So, um, I, I think that the top tier of players, not there's, you could probably break a tier at like three or four, but I think the top tier of players is, is maybe seven or, or at least a tier drops off at seven, whether you want to call that the first or second tier. Um, so I really like that seventh pick. Um, I don't even want to move it back to like eight or anything like that. Um, gotcha. That was part, And that was part of the deal with the trade with Cameron. I was like, I'll trade you eight, but I don't want to trade seven because I think there's like a significant, yeah, that's you know, change value at like yeah. seven or eight. And I think at one point Derek was talking to me about, Seven. I was like, I'll do eight. I was like, you know, my opinion, there's a drop off between seven and eight, and like, maybe someone reaches and grabs a guy, and what I would consider to be this top seven, there's a guy available at eight. But you know, I was like, I don't necessarily want to risk that unless I felt like I was getting something to, you know, that was yeah. worth the risk. Gotta be worth. And uh, and he was kind of saying like same thing. Like he agreed, and that's why he, you know, he he was trading. That's why he was wanting to trade up just from nine to get into that. He ended up trading up to four instead of doing that trade with me. Yep. But, um, he gave up a lot to get. Oh yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He did give up. He gave up a pretty good amount, but he's, you know, I think he's excited about, um, a couple of different guys that he's looking at. He'll get one of the two, uh, presumably at, at pick four. So, yeah. but yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to use both of those picks on players. Um, I, you know, like I was saying a while ago, I traded away Kenyon Drake. So I, don't have a starting running back this year. Um, you know, presumably I don't have a starting running back. Um, I have a couple of guys that, you know, something could happen and they could be in a good situation all of a sudden, but I mean, you know, probably won't. Uh, so, um, looking at, uh, you know, if I, if, if I could just, if you just said like, Hey, I'll give you odds and and guess who you you think you're going to take. Like I would, guess that I'm going to end up taking one running back and one receiver. Um, but really, every time I draft, I take best available. I take who I think is the best available guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a running back, but if I think that, like, so, like, I, 
think CD Lamb's going really early, like first. Yeah, he's so, probably uh, the best receiver. But just say, like, yeah. you know, hypothetically, if something crazy happens and, like, Lamb is available at seven or maybe Jerry Judy is available at seven or something like that, well, then I'll, I'll take him. And then I'll figure out running back later. You know, like if there's like a better, like a guy that I feel like is definitely better, I'm going to take that player, like regardless of fit, and I'll, I'll work out a trade or something, you know, with that guy or with another player. And I, I can, you know, kind of renegotiate my roster. So I always, I always take best available. And uh, especially in a redraft, or not a re, especially in a rebuild. Um, uh-huh. I just want to get best available. I want to get the best value. Uh, in my team, and then you know I can move stuff around if I need to. Yeah. Uh, but I, I suspect I'm going to end up taking a receiver and a running back, and um, you know we'll we'll see how it goes. But okay, yeah. And you've got some interesting second rounds and third round picks, so definitely best available down there, and just see what happens. Yeah, I think that 207. You know, I think any pick in the top 25 is going to be um, potentially an asset. You know, someone that you would start a lot of weeks. Um, you know, that that may be a couple of years away. Yeah. Uh, once you start getting into like you know twenty to twenty five, so, but I think that two oh seven pick is is potentially going to be a really interesting, uh, really interesting player that I'm going to end up liking a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump into your roster, um, and we'll start with quarterbacks. Uh, you move Philip Rivers. You drafted Daniel Jones last year, so Daniel Jones still in your yeah. taxi. But he's, as of right now, the only starting quarterback on your team. So Cam Newton was cut by the Panthers. He's working out. He says he's healthy. Uh, I I know someone is going to sign him. I don't know when. And I right. believe he'll be I'm just starting. For but, it. I just, like, get to it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it might take an injury. I mean, there were so many quarterback injuries last year that, you know, yeah. there were guys starting weeks that you just, uh, you know, we never planned on. And Cam was one of those injured quarterbacks. Uh, but, you know, so maybe someone gets hurt and he starts, um, you know, maybe some of these rookies aren't working out. I, you know, I don't know what the Patriots' plan is. I don't think Cam Newton's a fit there. People try to, no, you know. Yeah, you know, but, but there's probably somewhere I'm sure he plays. Um, and then Nick Foles was traded from the Jaguars. So he was hurt uh, – he was another hurt quarterback last year. He was hurt. Gardner Minshew takes over. They decide to stick with Minshew. They move Foles to the Bears. But the Bears is not a bad landing spot. Like, I'm not sure no. how much Nick Foles plays, but I think he's going to play eventually. Like, do we think Trubisky's really going to, like, lock down that job all year? Yeah, that's the deal. It's, it's, it's a competition now, and Nick Foles has to beat out Nick, uh, Mitch Trubisky for a starting job. So, you know, Trubisky's obviously been there for a while, so he has – Certainly a leg up on the situation, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, you know, maybe. Kind of curious. I'm just gonna force my hand. You know, I, I'll, if if I if I want to score points and win, then I may end up having to promote uh, Daniel Jones and then drop either Foles or Newton. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and that all just be situational. Uh, yeah. All that, so. Yeah, well, there's a lot There's a lot still to go down. We have all summer. We have all fall uh, pre-camp and camp and preseason and stuff. So you will have to make a quarterback move, trade or cut. I mean, actually, you might not have to because you got Daniel Jones on taxi. But if you did call up Daniel Jones, uh, we you'd move Right. On. So if I don't call up Daniel Jones, then I'm either hoping that Cam or Foles is a starter or I'm like – Essentially, you know, doing a doing a legit by the books uh, tank, yeah. and I'm just gonna like 
not have, you know, which something that was something that crossed my mind um, after I traded Kenyon Drake. And then I, so I had three picks and I had no running back and I had no starting quarterback, um, you know, other than Daniel Jones on taxi. Yeah. I was like, I could draft. And this is when I was talking to Cameron about, you know, he was trying to get, uh, trying to get, um, you know, Adams and Cooper to me. I was like, man, I could just like, spend all three of these top 10 picks and get good players on taxi, leave Daniel Jones on taxi and basically just have Cooper cup, Odell Beckham, and then a bunch of duds in my roster every week. And like maybe be, uh, you know, maybe be a lottery pick next year and then just try to flip it all, you know, yeah, uh, promote everyone. That would have been tough. I think you did the right thing because you would have, you would have had no quarterback, no running back. And but you still would have because you did the deal with hypothetically with Cam, you'd have Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper. You had already acquired Cooper Cup, and you've got Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. So that's like four really good receivers with Alshon Jeffrey like backing them up. And yeah, Jeffrey Jeffrey's potentially a fine flex play. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, but that's I I think you would have probably struggled to be bad enough to be in the lotto. Like that's Yeah, I was concerned that I was concerned that I would end up being like a bad non lottery team and uh-huh. then not win or not do well in the constellation bracket and being like pick eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. and then just lose another year. I mean on, honestly that that group of wide receivers, if they're not hurt, you know, I'd probably take them over the rest of the constellation pool. But you'd have to find a running back and find a quarterback, so uh, but at that point, you could have pulled it. So, so I, I look at this team. I think you've got a wide range. You could really go into it however you want. Um, but I think you're probably a small push away from playoffs. Um, so running backs, you said, are pretty thin. Um, uh, Jarek McKinnon is hopefully – He's a very interesting player. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, so the 49ers, they still have Raheem Mostert, but they traded Breida. They cut Coleman. Yep. They did not draft a running back. Um, you know, they've got a fullback that they pay a lot of money for as far as fullbacks go, but he doesn't carry the ball. He just does other things. So, like, I mean, it's McKinnon's job as far – I mean, he, he could be the spell back. He could be the number two back. He might even be the third down back, you know. and if They like him, too. They like him there. Um they like his athleticism, pass catching ability. They like him. Yeah, we haven't um, seen it in two years. For really a lot of the same things that they had Carlos Hyde do when he was there, they like. They have said that that you know they like. Well, it, so they've said like essentially said like these are the things we're looking for, and the things they say they're looking for are the things that Jared McKinnon does, and then like they you know got rid of the other guys, signed McKinnon, you know, so it all like seems to kind of point to him um, having at least a very good opportunity to be very involved with what they're doing there. It's just, you know, we'll just, we'll see what happens when and if it happens. Yeah. Yep. And even though it it feels like he's like in his thirties, he's only 28. Um, Now his body, I don't know how old his body is. He's just been hurt two years in a row, but if he's not injured uh, in a top five running team in the NFL um, that, that's definitely interesting definitely hold on to him um, so yeah. you literally only have two other running backs um, Damian Williams uh, st- 
starting running back for the Super Bowl champion, you know, best offensive in the NFL. Um, he had an awesome Nearly was run Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, he was Super Bowl MVP. Should have been Super Bowl MVP, or he he was Super Bowl. Okay, MVP. nearly. I oh, think they Mahomes gave it to Mahomes, good. right? Uh, he might have been robbed, actually. He probably should have been. Um, but it's like it's the Super Bowl, and so the quarterbacks kind of have the edge. Um, uh, now, Damian Williams, he was pretty good when he played last year, but he had some injury weeks, um, and then they kind of spread the ball a around a little bit. Yeah, he had yeah. multiple games he missed. And then the Chiefs, last month, First round of the NFL draft, they take a running back. They take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. So what do you think about Damian Williams in 2020? And what do you think, like, his split with the first rounder is going to be? You know, he could be getting more looks earlier in the season, and then that could taper off as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets into the system. You know, uh, these rookies aren't going to have as much time to get, you know – you know, to get to learn the playbook and, and get reps and all that stuff. So they're they're not going to have nearly the familiarity that you would expect a rookie to have, which is limited to begin with. But they're not going to have the familiarity that we're used to seeing with some of these rookie running backs coming in and just being great right away. Um, yeah. So I think I think the chance of you know Clyde Edwards-Helaire just coming in and being like you know 15 plus touches a game week one. You know, I don't. I don't really see that happening, um, but um, you know they obviously drafted a running back, so they're you know they and they and, you know spent their first pick on it. So this is a guy they really like. I think they like the value um, there, yeah. uh, and uh, you know it was probably one of their bigger needs. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, you have to ask like Anthony or someone. I couldn't tell you what their needs were defensively, but like obviously on offense. They're like pretty set up. So, um, you know, with with some of the injuries that Damian Williams had last year, um, you know, they they may just split it up, kind of like they've been doing for a few years. Because you know, when they even with like older, pretty worn out guys like Lashawn McCoy, um, you know, they they did okay when they could keep them in there and, and keep their their touches and reps limited. Yeah, and they could keep those guys fresh. You know, it's such a great system; they can succeed. So, you know, they may, they may, and I suspect they'll probably ease Edward Hilaire, um, you know, into it. But, but I, I think you know, Edward Hilaire is, is obviously like the long-term um, goal for that organization. For sure. uh, you know, like a year or two from now, I don't see Damian Williams getting like 12 touches a game. Yeah, I kind of wonder about Clyde Edward Hilaire. I. I don't know if you've read much about him or have watched much about him, but I, he just doesn't strike me as a full-time workhorse bell cow running back. Like I always, I think for his career, there's going to be someone that is is going to be using touches. Like like in best case scenario, maybe it's only like thirty percent of the series, the snaps, the carries, and and he can still be featured. But he's going to be mixed in with uh, more downhill runners, more in between the tackles, like just kind of bigger backs that might steal his goal line work. I don't know. Um, yeah. he'll, he'll certainly get the third down work, which is more valuable, even that to like goal line carries. 
which only happen a few times a game anyway. Um, but it's an offense that is is going to be in positive game scripts. They're going to be have have you know uh, a touchdown lead by halftime. They're going to have two score leads in a lot of their games uh, late in the third and fourth. So they could be running the ball quite a bit. I don't know if that'll be Clyde Edwards-Lair. I think that'll be Damian Williams. Damian Williams is going to run in between the tackles. Um, yeah. You know, even if Clyde Edwards-Lair gets 60 to 70% of the touches, which in, to, in today's NFL, maybe that's all you need. You know, you know, back when we started playing, you know, teams that did that, you just didn't even draft those running backs. You just drafted. Yeah, I mean, that, that's know. an offense that's going to run a lot of plays. So, I mean, that's one thing, you know, that could be positive for Williams and Edward Hilaire. But um, Edward Hilaire was a really interesting uh, pick as the first running back off the board. Um, that surprised, I feel like, pretty much everybody. Um, so, you know, obviously, like, Andy Reid seemed really excited about it. And, like, these other, you know, the Chiefs as an organization, they seem really happy with their pick. Um, you know, I'm not sure why they wouldn't have taken, like, Swift or Taylor, but... Right. Uh, they really like Edwards Hilaire, so for whatever reason, you know, they they spent a lot more time watching tape and evaluating these players than I ever have. So, um, you know, I'm really curious to see what happens, you know, particularly with that pick, since that was something that, you know, kind of shocked everyone. I'm really curious to see how that pans out for them. But right. Um, right. I mean, you just think that, you know, with what they've invested in them, you think like, okay, well, the writing's to an extent on the wall for Damian Williams, or at least you know, Damian Edwards Hilaire is at least gonna have the opportunity, you know, when they when they spend all that all that uh draft capital on him, you know, he's yes. he's gonna have the opportunity. So like at the very least, Damian Williams isn't gonna be like the bell cow. You know, it's not gonna be you know, they're they're he's gonna lose opportunity. Yeah. So so I think that's that's the biggest negative, um, just right out the gate for Williams in that situation. Yeah, but you know, you put it you know, maybe, maybe with the touch distribution there, maybe he stays healthy. And and if he can yeah. play 16 games, he's going to outscore what he did last year um, when he only played 11 or or you know whatever it was. So, um, you know, we'll see. It's very interesting. I I I I think Andy Reid is obviously um, you know an offensive mind that's you know got a Super Bowl now and is on his way to the Hall of Fame in the coaching ranks, but. You know, I, I still, you know, these NFL teams, you know, we can sit here and talk about fantasy football, you know, like, we, you know, none of us are ever going to run a team or be a head coach. But these teams, they still make mistakes. Like, these teams, they still take bad players in the first round. They still take guys they think are going to work out and they don't. Like, a few years ago, Rashard Penny and Sony Michelle went in the first round to two coaches that we all would have, Said, you know, these are top five coaches in the NFL. You know, Bill Belichick and um, um, Steve. What, I'm blanking on the Seahawks head coach. Um, Carol. Steve uh, Carroll. Yeah. So Carroll and Belichick know what they're doing, and they took two running backs that have really not done much over a Nick Chubb who went in the second round to the Browns. You know, so I I, I really question. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over a DeAndre Swift or a Jonathan Taylor, who I think are exceptional talents that could probably fit in any system, 
Although I think we'd also all agree Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks like he fits perfectly in the Andy Reid uh, Mahomes chief system. So uh, the jury's out. What do you think about the top rookie dynasty pick right now? Like if you had 101, would you take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or would you take yeah. someone else? I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, so – I could for sure see Edward Hilaire. I mean, he's going to be the first rookie running back, I think, by a large margin, to go off the board in redraft leagues. Um, yeah. Mm. But Dynasty, I think there's maybe a, a little bit more question marks around that whole situation. Um, you know, I might be more interested in really any of Dobbin, Swift, Taylor. But really, I, I think that that put Clyde Edwards Hilaire up yeah. in the same in the kind of the same conversation with other running backs, whereas before he was not. And, you know, are you drafting talent or situation? You know, what's more likely to still be there in three or four years? Talent or situation? Yeah. So um, it kind of depends on what you want in your team. Typically the guy drafting one oh one is not one piece away from a, from a championship um, or a playoff push, however you want to look at it. But um, so, right. you know, um, I think, so I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire would be like a really fantastic fit for Derek picking at four, um, you know, cause he's, uh, you know, out of the guys who are going to go probably in the top four picks, Clyde Edwards Hilaire would be, definitely my pick for who's going to score the most fantasy points this year. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head who's picking two and three, but you know, those yeah. guys are probably looking for, um, you know, players that might be better in a couple of years. And then this year is not really very relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is interesting for two because that's Josh. So Josh traded. Oh, yeah, Josh. He traded quite a Sorry. bit with Grant. He gave up Tyreek Hill, Carryon Johnson. He gave up a oh, lot Josh. to get pick four, and then he moves with yeah. Tanner, uh, pick four to pick two. So um, yeah, he, he he could absolutely be doing that. Um, so Edward Solaire could go one hundred two, and uh-huh. you know I don't think it really makes a lot. Was it Nick picking first? Mando, that's Nick, yes. right? That's Nick Mandis. To me, it would make zero sense for him to take, unless he just wants to flip him to like a championship team uh-huh. and try to get something more valuable than like CD Lamb, you know. But um, which, I mean, maybe that's actually not a bad move, you know. But yeah, um, yeah it'll be up to him. Anyway, we'll yeah. The easiest and like the most simple thing is to just take like Lamb or Judy or something like, or, or maybe take like Taylor or something first and, and have like maybe something with that has, uh, might be more valuable like in a couple of years. Um, and then I could see like Josh taking Edward Solaire. So at this point, I like there, it doesn't seem to me that there's like any chance Edward Solaire makes it past four when you have two championship contenders in the top yeah. four picks, you know? So, yeah. Um, it would be kind of crazy, like either way, if you went, if you fell that far. Because I mean, I'm, I'm talking like we're like reasoning why he might not be 101. So the idea that three other guys also go ahead of him is kind of crazy. Sure. Um, so, but you know, 
uh, I, I, you know, I think picking 101 is sometimes kind of situational, especially with the draft with this, this much high-end talent. It's not like there's obviously Ezekiel Elliott or obviously Saquon Barkley putting right, in right. the other guys, you know. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. We'll see. We've also got a few months, so things change. People make trades. You know, maybe Nick trades 101 to someone else. And then who knows? Yeah. You know, I, we, we'll just see what happens. Uh, it's May now, so okay. So let me you ask you this: with all these other top two and four picks are, are you know getting returns on? You might. Oh, huh. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Seeing some of these deals. Yeah. Um. It, you know, Jerry will be out, and if these guys end up panning out, so I, you know, you know, like you said, there's there's a lot of guys in this draft. You know, last year's draft had one wide receiver in the first round, and Nikhil Harry went fairly high. But this draft has six wide receivers that went in the first round. So I expect. Do you think there's any chance that Tanner takes everything that he's accumulated from trading all his stuff and then turns around and flips it all for one on one? Um, I w- You know what's funny? It's like I was I was literally about to say I'd be shocked, but honestly, I would not be shocked. Like things just <laughs> happen. So like the the our league's landscape two months ago was so different than what it is now. And we have, we've played no yeah. games. We've had and literally nothing has happened. Like, the, okay, the draft happened, free agency. The NFL draft has happened, and that's it. Yeah, like, as, there are so many guys in our league that are just sitting on their hands. And, okay, I get it. The virus stuff has shut a lot of stuff down. Like, we're not out, like, getting – you know this energy out, and we're not watching sports. There's no other. There's no. People are obviously bored. People yeah, are yeah, very yeah. obvious. So things are good. Things could change so much. Like we could probably do another podcast episode, like you know, pre-draft in July, and you know, things will be you know flipped upside down. You know, by then Cam might not even be rebuilding anymore. He used he flipped all his picks. Now he's got like a championship roster. Who knows? <laughs> You know, like Tanner did the same thing. I mean, he 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 came into multiple firsts this year, multiple firsts next year, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to cash in this value now. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a playoff team. So, you know, I don't know. I don't think it'd be in his his interest to trade too much for one on one. I mean, it's literally one person, so he doesn't have a ton of depth either. So, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Um. But I mean, we could probably talk about the draft forever. Uh, how, let me ask you: How are you doing on time right now? Oh, dude, I'm I'm fine. Okay, because we we've been going long. I'm fine too. I love just talking football, and I know our listeners. You know, the rest of our league. You know, whenever they get I have to been checking episode. the time to see how long we've been going because I don't know how long you want to make this. But I know we're like an hour and a half in. I'm fine, and, if, and I don't know if you're going to edit this or what, but. Um, I'm not gonna cut anything out, so we'll just keep moving. Uh, let's let's right, let's, let's skip Jamal Williams, your other running back. Let's, let's go to receivers uh, because you've got yeah. A bunch receivers, of receivers are definitely the meat of my uh, roster right now. They're yeah. probably you know the, some of the most interesting stuff. Uh, so got Cooper Cup, um, who I really like. I think he's like potentially a really good long-term asset. Uh, I think he's just 26. Um, and then I just acquired Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is. It's kind of funny. So when I when I was looking at him to trade him, you know, you think of Amari Cooper and you think of like he has all this baggage and like you know all the years he was he was like this highly touted, super hyped, you know, highly picked player yeah. in the draft, and then he just 
it kind of looked good, and then it didn't pan out, and he fizzled really hard, and just got worse and worse. And then, and then he went to Dallas, and now he's looked really good in Dallas for a season and a half, or two, you know, two half seasons, or whatever, for like all of, you know, for this like massive roller coaster of a career that he's had, all these ups and downs. He is 25 years old. Yeah. And like when you yeah. think of all of this, like you know, that all of this baggage, and you think of all of this history, and uh, like. Oh, I can trust him. I can't. He is he is twenty five. So yeah. um, he's really young, and uh, I think he's you know he he might only potentially be in Dallas for like another year. So um, I hope he stays because it looks like he's really good in Dallas, and yeah. I'm not worried about him like losing a ton of uh, a ton of production um, because of their you know uh, drafting Lamb and all that, but. Sure. Um, I think it's more likely that Gallup loses, you know, protection oh, or, yeah, or loses, yeah, at least yeah. loses upside. I, I so. think this could even maybe help Amari Cooper, honestly. And I, I'll tell you why. It's okay. Now, Michael Gallup, he's dead. He's six feet under. He's toast. He's He's been snapped by Thanos. Michael Gallup. Yeah, he's, a, he's an ex. He's, a, he's an outside receiver. He's fast. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, look. He is he, CD Lamb and significantly not Right, he, and he'll have boom weeks. There will be weeks where he has, you know, seven catches for ninety-five yards and touchdown. Like, but but when will that be? I don't know. Are you going to start him every week? I I can't. Right. You know, unless this is like right. a best ball league. Is he better where, than Kenny Stills you know. at this point? Is he better than Kenny? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's sad that you say. Sorry, Grant. I know you're listening. That that's your that's your roster that's some of your assets but okay and, and like it's not it's not over okay i make fun of like gallup like he's dead it's not his career's not over but his 2020 is not looking good um you know the, yeah. the people that are are talking about cd lamb going to the cowboys as a good landing spot i think it is a good landing spot because dak prescott is gonna they're gonna lock him up eventually but he's a good quarterback he's gonna throw the ball down the field uh, you know, you can get a lot of fantasy points in that offense. Um, but yeah. this this idea that, like, Amari Cooper is only there for two years. Like, oh, CeeDee Lamb, yeah, they got a bunch of receivers, but it's okay because they're just going to cut Amari Cooper after two years. Like, Amari Cooper is a very good wide receiver, and he's only 25 years old. Yeah, like, I, I yeah. Think, they're going to keep him around. Like, I, even if they are in, like, cap-strap city – and they they've got no other choice. Like I just don't see, you know, maybe they trade him. Okay, S- someone would love to have a really good receiver at you know twenty six, twenty seven. Maybe they trade him. But this like idea that like C.D. Lambs would come in and he's going to be the alpha really soon, and they're just going to cut Amari Cooper. Like I don't think fancy gamers are really thinking about like real football consequences of something like that. Um, I also think they could play CeeDee Lamb on the outside. They could probably play CeeDee Lamb anywhere because he's awesome. But if they play CeeDee Lamb on the outside and they move Amari Cooper to the slot, uh, I think he's would be awesome. He's played a bunch in the slot. He's played a bunch in the outside. He played a lot in the slot with the Raiders, and he did really well. It was when the Raiders moved him to the outside that he had a bunch of troubles. He comes to the Cowboys, and they try to play him on the outside, and he's not as good. He has weeks where he has like one catch. You know, what's going on? Then he'll have weeks in the slot, and he has like 300 yards. So that's where they need to play him. We'll see what happens. They could play any of those receivers anywhere. Um, 
They're going to run the ball a lot too, but they're going to throw the ball a lot. So I, I'm interested in both those guys, but not Gallup. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got I've got Cooper um, looking pretty. I'm you know, feeling pretty good um, just long term with Cooper and uh, and Cup. So that's kind of funny to say it like that. But Cup, Cooper Cup and Amari. Both Cooper. Coopers. You got Cooper and Cooper. Yeah. And uh, so then I've got uh, Beckham in there too. Uh, he's you know, a, a year ago, so I've had several people come at me um, trying to get Beckham, and I just tell them, like, basically, look, I gave up two first-round picks and Cortland Sutton for Odell Beckham a year ago. Like, I'm not going to flip him now for, a, like, one pick. You know, yeah. like a like You a can't sell line. low. It's a great time to buy Cooper, or right. sorry, OBJ. Great time to buy OBJ. Right. You can't sell OBJ right now if you already own no. him. And, like, I'm fully aware that I'm not going to trade Beckham for close to that, you know, at this point. Um, but it's like, I, I really think that he's going to be better next year. So knowing that his oh, value is literally at an all time low, yes. I'm just going to wait. You know, if I don't think like he's on the block and I can trade him, like he's tradable, but like, I'm probably going to want more than it, than someone's willing to give on him unless they just also think that he's going to be better next year. Um, so, and obviously like if people are coming at me, like with trades, then they wouldn't do that if they didn't think he was going to be better next year. So, but I haven't really gotten anything that's, that's really, um, only one offer that I've gotten that I even counter, like wasn't even close. So, um, but I made a counter and they were just like, no, I can't do that. And I was like, well, I mean, that's where I'm at on. So, um, I I think in all likelihood, I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to be playing him out, you know, and just see see how it goes. Um, yeah. If he has another bad year, then that's going to be pretty bad for his value, you yeah, know, as, as a fantasy sure. player. Um, I, I but if he bounces back, then there's really not a whole lot to worry about. Yeah. Um, so. Yep. Okay. Yeah. OBJ. Um, I I think he bounced back. We'll see. Um, people are so quick to forget like how electric he was in New yeah. York. Um, he was hands down the number one dynasty wide receiver um, as far as you know ADP and you know, trade values and things like in yeah. the league. So then he goes to the Browns. You know they have a bad year, but a bunch of people had a bad year. And he's recently quoted as saying he struggled with multiple injuries. During the season, he said he had he had a he had a hernia. Yeah, that sucks. Anybody that like had a hernia, sucks. I guess I haven't, but I'm sure it does suck. Yeah, and he's playing through it. You know, he was not sitting on IR, yeah. getting better. You know, he, and you can see that because I was watching him last year, and the effort was clearly not there at all. And I was like, oh my god, right. why am I and, not myself? You know, I was like, this guy, like, he got traded. He's got you know. He's got all this money coming in. He just clearly doesn't even like, give a shit anymore. Like, right, and you're, uh, like, like, you're in Cleveland. And then later you're I hear, like, oh, okay, well, you're not diving after anything if you yeah. So, like, that all kind of made a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll see. Um, another guy who's very young, uh, came out of the league early, came came out of the college early. So, you know, he's he's got many seasons of prime time left, and he doesn't have a bad quarterback. I, I think Baker Mayfield is good. Uh, he he wasn't great last year, but I better than Eli Manning, you know. Like all, yeah, and like, Eli did fine getting him the ball. There's so. still a lot yeah. 
well, there's still, you know, the story is far from over. That you know, there's there's still a lot of question marks surrounding, like how you know, is Baker Mayfield going to be really good or is he going to be below average? But mm-hmm. um, it's a better situation than uh, Eli Manning. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, there's, like, there's there's definitely three you know, built career Sure, sure. <laughs> Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about Alshon Jeffrey, you know, maybe spot play by weeks, um, you know. Yeah, I could see, like, basically, um, so I have, like, Cooper, Beckham, and and, uh, and Cup. Those are going to be, like, three every week guys. Uh, I think I could realistically draft a running back that's, Start you know, going to be essentially an every week starter just by nature of my roster. Yeah. Uh, but it would still be a decent running back. And then um, maybe pick ten is like if it's if it's a receiver, if it's another running back, then that can kind of round out my typical starting week. Um, if it's a receiver, maybe that receiver doesn't play a lot on my fantasy roster this year. But then I have like uh, Damian Williams, Jarek McKinnon, Austin Jeffrey. Those guys could all be spot plays. Um, maybe. McKinnon carves out a larger role and he gets to be like an every week player. So um, I think the pieces are there to be um, a competitive team this year. Um, my whole, the one problem is my whole division is getting substantially better. Like everyone in my, well, I ever, so Tanner and Anthony also have a, like a lot going on. They've, they've made a lot of moves. They had a lot of uh, picks in this year's draft and they, they've made moves. So everyone in my division uh, they're all getting better this year. They're all getting a they lot better. Last did. year, the division was just complete garbage. It was like a dumpster yeah. fire. Yeah. And uh, everyone was like trying to, you know, fight to be lottery picks and stuff like that. So it was, it was a real mess, and, and it wasn't good. So yeah. Well, my you team mentioned right now could probably have won my division last year, uh-huh. but I'm still like, you know, probably two pieces away from winning it next year. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you mentioned those two guys getting better and Tanner and Anthony and yourself, you know, you've made quite a few moves and you've got some yeah. picks coming up, but like you didn't even mention, even in the sentence, you even mentioned the, the defending division champ, the headbangers. Uh, yeah. 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 So Todd, like he's still in the mix, you know, he hasn't maybe not made an off. Yeah, but he didn't have a first round pick. I, uh, he traded his first round pick to Cameron or something. And, uh, Oh yeah. He doesn't have a first round pick this year. Um, I, couldn't tell you who's on his roster, but his roster is going to be presumably the same or worse as it was last year. And yeah. I, I just would have, I would be surprised if someone of one of the other three teams in our division doesn't leapfrog him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely could happen. Um, but he's, yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know if it was last year, maybe it was the year before he's, he's won the division two years in a row now. And I believe yeah. it was two years ago, like the week of the playoffs. He's like, "Wait, what? I I I, yeah. I made a playoff spot? Are you kidding me? Like, I won the division? Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, you kind of have all been uh, as far as you, Tanner, and Anthony have kind of been rebuilding at the same time. Um, I feel like that's Derek's division. Like he, Derek has won no division titles right until 2019, and like. It's just when his three opponents are like, oh, you know what? We're just going to trade guys off for pigs. You know, I'm not even going to. So, like, he just, like, handed the division on a platter. 
And he's in the group me like, oh, yeah, man, you know, division title, playoff title. Well, if you ask uh, him, it's because we've finally been in the league long enough that you know, his like extremely savvy dynasty skills are finally playing out. But really it's because <laughs> everyone else in his division tried to rebuild at the same time. So, I mean, not to say, like I said earlier, like, he's a championship contender. His team's good. But, sure. um, you know, he's acting like he's just kind of fought tooth and nail and, like, you know, used – all of this, uh, you know, expertise that he has in the realm of dynasty football to get where he is, uh, and then all the all the things that happened, all the championships and stuff earlier in the in the league, they don't really matter because that was when when uh, you know the early early years they don't really indicate like who's good or anything. And then earlier this morning he's bragging about how he went undefeated in the second year of some other dynasty league. So, you know, talking about oh yeah about yeah no it's it's, it's, it's the classic like boys club sitting around talking about their girlfriends and then the kid that's like, oh, yeah, well, my girlfriend, you know, she's like, she's so hot. She goes to another school, but, you know, if you could see her, you know, you would you would love, like, oh, man. She's if you so saw hot. her, you think she was hot. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You were lucky enough to see her someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she's in college, actually, you know. <laughs> she, yeah, so, um, yeah. But, uh, okay, let's wrap up. Uh, tight ends for like like two minutes and then we can move on. Um, so you guys yeah, can sure. I got uh, Disley, who uh, oh, sorry, uh, I got Disley, and uh, he's you know I think he's he's shown some promise. He's gotten hurt in each of his first two years, so um, that doesn't look too good. But when he's played, he's done really well, and uh, he's a guy that I got for Fab, um, and and I like him. So yeah. um, he's a guy that hopefully pans out for me. And then I've got Gesicki, um you know, he's uh, uh, with the Dolphins, so hopefully he doesn't go down the Kenyon Drake, you know, uh, route playing for the Dolphins. Yeah, but, I mean, they got new coaching uh, staff now, so hopefully. Right, right. That was kind of my concern. You know, I, a lot of that has been alleviated, but you think he's like, you know, ultra athletic, super talented. Also, tight ends just take longer to pan out anyway. Sure. So yeah, um, I'm drafted I'm too well. for him. I got him for like a mid or late second round pick, I think last year. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, you know, I'm excited for that. I, I think that's, I think that's potentially something that's going to work out really well for me. That's a guy that a lot of analysts really like. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I think at the very worst, he'll be a tight end. That's not going to put you, you like, I'm not going to be screaming. Like, I'm not going to be like, man, I need a tight end, you know? So, um, no, no, you know, no. he's not necessarily going to be, like, in the top three tight ends, but yeah. I don't think a lot of people would be just totally shocked if he ended up as, like, a top three or four tight end. But yeah. I I really doubt that I'm just going to be, like, you know, like, you know, a year or two from now, being like, oh, man, tight end's killing me, you yeah. know, because well, he, he was tight end 11 last year on total points. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. you know, that's a starting, that's starting tight end. You know, you're not, it's not George Kittle, it's not Kelsey, but you know, maybe he, maybe he becomes that, you know, the first couple of years, nobody was talking about Travis Kelsey or George Kittle either. They didn't break out right away. So, um, and then you got Jared Cook. Yeah, and I think a lot of that production was backloaded, um, on the season. So, oh, I remember yeah. correctly. Okay. Well, they're throwing the ball out there, you know, so. I mean, it was still a pretty lackluster season. You know, he had, uh. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, like 600 yards and five touchdowns. But yeah, it doesn't um, take much to break to crack that top 12. Right, being the top, top group. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of that was 
was backloaded. So I, hopefully that that uptick in, in production and involvement, um, you know, carries over. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Tua starts right away? Do you think he even plays his rookie year? Uh, I don't know because I don't know what his hip status is. So I I don't know because you just don't really hear anything about like. You know, because teams aren't together, so like you don't really. It's like, oh, you know, so and so was at drills today, and like all the media was there, and everyone saw him sprinting, and he looks like he's at ninety percent speed or whatever. Like that kind of information just isn't available. So it's like really hard to say, like, is he gonna be able to, you know, to to play or so? I, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, I think starting late and not having as much contact with the team, I. I think that's going to kill rookie quarterbacks. So, um, oh yeah, that's a good point. It's it's probably not not good, but who who is Fitzpatrick there now? He was there last year. I think he's still there. Yeah, they still Rosen too, which he's he's pretty much dead as well. So, I can't honestly, I can't see with like all the limited contact and like you know the the expedited schedule and stuff. I have a hard time seeing Tua beating out. Fitzpatrick like week one but you know um we all know Fitzpatrick is kind of you know he's gonna he's gonna air it out and he's probably gonna end up with a lot of interceptions and stuff and if they Dolphins aren't gonna like be good so uh you know they may they may a month or so into the season be like eh let's just she was ready like he's he's ready to go out and play and like not get you know David Card and just like <laughs> you know, like mentally wrecked from just getting trashed out there all the time. So like it's it's safe to put him out there. So let's let him get him out there and let him play and let him do better. Sure. So yeah. maybe maybe it takes a few weeks, but okay, yeah, we'll see. I'm interested for sure. Um, someone will take to a probably first round in our rookie draft. Um, won't be me. I got second rounders. Um, okay, let's. Uh, so that's your roster. Um, we talked about your picks a little bit. We talked about the draft. Let's do some lightning round questions and, and wrap up the show. Sure. Okay. So I've asked every owner, and they've usually talked about their favorite NFL team. But do you, Kyle, do you have a favorite NFL team? I really don't, to be honest. Um, I was not into the NFL when I started playing fantasy football, and that's how I only got into the NFL. I was a big college football fan when I was in college. And I kind of just – I like to see players that I liked in college. So, I, you know, it's fun to watch, like – it's fun to watch the Chiefs because they're really good and stuff. But I, I'm not. Like, I don't have a team. I, I've never really been particularly into the NFL strictly, like, as an NFL fan. Yeah. Well, we, we don't live in an NFL market. Um, yeah. There's Cowboys fans around here. There's there's Chiefs fans, but it's kind of mixed. Um, yeah. I only only reason I'm a Colts fan is because I lived – Literally 45 minutes from the stadium for 10 years. Um, but um, okay, so what about you? Who's your favorite college football team, or or just any other sports sports team that you? My favorite play? sport is baseball, and it's it's by a lot. That's my favorite sport. I love baseball. Um, I also do fantasy baseball. So I've told people this in the past, like. Sometimes it's hard to get me to look at some you know off season uh, dynasty stuff. Um, cause a lot of times I'll be in the throes of fantasy baseball season. And I'm like, I, I kind of only have 
so much time to be on my phone and looking up fantasy stuff. And I'm putting that as fantasy baseball a lot of times there. Yeah. So sometimes it takes me a week or more to, you know, get, to get really sufficiently delved into anything with football, but I, I love baseball. Um, and I don't really, similar deal. We don't have a pro baseball team. We have the Dodgers AAA team here. Yep. So um, I've always been, you know, uh, a fan of, you know, any kind of minor league players we can see. It's fun to watch them. So like George Springer, Nelson Cruz, um, some other guys um, that have come up through Oklahoma City. It's fun to watch them. But I just love baseball. And there's not like any one team that I that I like above any other. Um, my wife's a big uh, Padres fan, so um, I do like to watch them. And we get the uh, MLB package, so we watch a you know I, I a lot of times turn on the Padres game and just have it on like background noise, and I'll watch you know any kind of like uh, especially if I have a, a pitcher going for a dynasty because mm-hmm. you know if you if you have your if you have your fantasy baseball team playing well you know, it's different than football. So, like, maybe you have a batter. If they're playing, you're only going to see them at bat, like, every, you know, 45 minutes or so. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's not – it's hard to watch a baseball game because you have a dynasty player going. So – or you have or you have a fantasy player going. But um, if you have a pitcher, then it's like, you know, half, you know every half of the inning they're out there throwing yeah, the ball yeah. every, every play. Okay. So. Makes sense. Okay. Um. Tell me a story. Have you ever met a pro or college athlete? I can't think of any, like, football or baseball players, but uh, when I was in high school, um, I waited table at the Macaroni Grill uh, here in town. RIP, it closed, like, a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. But um, it really went downhill after I left, pretty much. But um, uh, when I was waiting tables there, I waited on Sean O'Grady. I don't know if you even – he was really kind of before my time. Uh-huh. Um, but he was he was a world champion boxer. And that was before they had, like, all these different, you know, divisions. Or something. I mean, they had weight classes. But before there was, like, all these different titles and divisions and belts and stuff you could have, you just had – you had – you know, the weight classes and you were, you were the champion of that weight class. So it was kind of like having like a unified, you know, champion holding all the time. He was, he was the world champion. So, I mean, he was, you know, he was a pro boxer, but he wasn't just a pro boxer. He was, he was really good. So that's probably like the most successful athlete that I've like personally interacted with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I I remember uh, uh, at uh, Charleston, it was a buddy's birthday and I bumped into, I didn't bump into him. I saw him across the room like, oh, my God, that's Serge Ibaka. So when Serge Ibaka was like, you know, the Thunder's heyday, like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sir, and, and then seeing NBA athletes, like, they look normal height because comparatively to each other, you know, they're all on the court at the same time. Like, they just look like normal yeah. humans. But to all of us, they're like giants. And, when you see them in person, they're freakishly Oh, big, yeah, like, they're so big. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, like, point guards. Even, like, Russell Westbrook is, like, 6'3". He's huge in person. Like yeah, he looks it's, it's amazing. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so you've told me this story before. So I thought this was really interesting to put on the pod. You told me this story. I even teased it out on the last episode. Um you're, oh, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're in a fantasy football league, okay? And then and I, and there was a dispute about, or maybe it wasn't even your league. It was a buddy's league. Or this something. is my father-in-law. Okay, so this is so this is Lisa's dad. 
Yeah, he okay. was telling me about this when we were visiting. So maybe he, two years okay, ago. so this was many years ago. He's in a fantasy football league. Okay, what happened? So this is 1991. So Okay, the year my wife you, was born. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's no MFL. There's not Yahoo. So he was the commissioner of this league, and everyone in his league would email their starting lineup to him for that week. And then uh, he would look in the newspaper – and write down all the stats and calculate the scores and email everyone back the scores for that week. So they had some, I guess they had some wacky scoring deal where if a player was a running back, because, you know, it was typical, like, you get, you know, one yard is a tenth of a point. Yeah. But if you're a running back and you caught passes, you got double. So you'd get two tenths of a point for a receiving yard and then one tenth of a point for a rushing yard. And then, oh, you know, vice versa, if you're a receiver, you would get uh, a tenth of a point for um, catching yards, for receiving yards, and you would get two tenths of a point for rushing yards. So they would send their starting lineups, and then this guy, he had a Chargers player that he was trying to list as a receiver but then my father was like, he's not a receiver, he's a running back. But it was a guy where, which I guess, they, I, I didn't realize that this was something that had been around like that long, but he was like a running back, but they played him in the slot a bunch. Oh. And so this guy was like trying to list him as a receiver so that because he mostly ran the ball, so he would get double points when he ran. Oh, I see. Uh, but he would play in the slot like a fair amount. And so he was like, well, I want double points for rushing, not his receiving stats, because it's mostly rushing. So, uh, so they, um, so there's like this argument about, uh, you know, like, well, is this guy a receiver or is he a running back? So they were like going back and forth. My father-in-law's the commissioner. He's like, no, you, you, got, if you want to play him, you're gonna have to play him at a running back. So like they're arguing. So then this guy, he shows up to my father-in-law's house, and he's like, he's like, look. He picks up the phone and he calls the San Diego Chargers front office and they answer the phone because this is in 1991. Okay, so, like, yeah. you could call an NFL front office and they would answer the phone and they would, like, listen to what you have to ask them. And uh, he calls the Chargers front office and he's like, hey, it's like, I need you to answer a question for me. Uh, is Rod Bernstein, is he a receiver? Or is he a running back? And this lady answers the door and she's like, well, he's a running back. And he's like, okay, thank you very much. So, like, because the guy had called the charges office and he said he handed the phone to my father-in-law. So he was like, he just calls his front office and hands me the phone and tells me to clear it up with him. So uh, they, like, called the charges front office and they clarify it for him. And then, so that was, you know, pre-websites, pre-like positional yeah. eligibility as determined by the website and all that stuff. So you had to you had to submit your teams by email, and you had to call the NFL front office to you know figure out any kind dude, of like nuance for physical That's fantastic, dude. Could you imagine like you're wanting to know like kind of what the Damian Williams Clyde Edwards split's going to be, and he's like call up Andy Reid like Yo Andy, yeah, like what, what's just your thoughts on like this? Yeah, who's getting the third down work? Who's getting the goal line work? I need to know. He just like tells you like it's important, you know. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Okay. Different world. Yeah, it is. For sure. Different world. Um, okay. Um, what's the best fantasy football pick 
you ever made, or trade, or or keeper, or or whatever. What's it like your your oh, best yeah. move? Uh, I was trying to think about that. You know, you sent me the questions. I had a hard time coming up with, like, one specific pick. Um, I got in on Michael Thomas his rookie year in the Keeper League. So I had him, um, you know, he he took me to some championships. Um, he did really well for me. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, his rookie year, he helped me out a lot. Uh, so trying to I, – I have a hard time coming up with, like, any one guy. Oh, you know what? Uh, when Brett Favre came out of retirement and went, and then like I think he came out of retirement and went to the Vikings. Is that right? So, so or it's he funny. He 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 retires, and then uh, he comes out of retirement. But the the Packers were already like, well, we're moving on Aaron Rodgers, so we'll just trade you. And so they trade yeah. him to the Jets. So he actually played one year with the New York Jets. Then he retires again, and then he comes out of retirement again. And the Jets have moved on, and so he goes and signs with the Vikings. Okay. I couldn't remember the order of that, uh-huh. but when he went to the Vikings uh, that year, and, and now remember, this is my Superflex League. Oh, so when yeah, he went dude. to the Vikings, I got him like in the fifth or sixth round, and then I got Sidney Rice also. Um, like way late in that draft, uh-huh. and I wrote I wrote that like you know that combo of uh, Favre and Rice. I I won the league that year. I had like one of the highest scoring teams in the league that year. Um, but yeah, that was that was really really good value uh, for those two picks. Yeah, dude, nailed it. Okay, what's the best team you ever had? Fantasy football team. You you won a championship. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you got upset. But but yeah. your roster the was like. The most dominant team I've had has, was also in that Superflex League. Um, I had traded – so this is a keeper league. So you, you trade guys, like, based on keeper value, and you can also – you'll trade future – you'll trade picks. We just do one year out. So you can trade, like, a pick in next year's draft. So I had traded someone. I decided, like, okay, my team – like, you know, some pieces didn't pan out, and – I traded like uh, this is a while back, so I think I traded Roddy White for uh, <laughs> a, like a first round pick Nailed in the next it. year's draft. Yeah, so uh, I uh, so then that guy that I got the pick from, he ended up missing the playoffs. So I did really. So we have like a similar like a constellation bracket. So he did. Uh, he did pretty well in the in the playoffs, and he ended up having like the second or third pick, and then I had the other of the second or third pick. So going into that draft, I had the second and third pick in the draft that year, and I think I maybe also acquired like a fourth round pick. But I mean that team ended up being like. So this is the Superflex yeah. League, yeah. And I I think I had picks two and three. And I was like, and this, and it was because of Superflex. Like every year, you're like, okay, well, the first three picks are going to be Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady, and it just kind of depends on who likes who, like for the order. Yeah. But like those are the first three picks were probably multiple years in a row. So I had picks two and three, and I'm like, well, I'm going to take whoever is available out of uh, Brees, Rodgers, and Brady. So I ended up taking um, Brady and Brees. And they ended up being the number one and number two scoring teams, uh, number one and two scoring players in all of fantasy that year. And like, oh, nice. they just, so I just wrote, I mean, it was like, and I had like 
all my other picks, like no, no one else. I think I, I think with that extra fourth round pick, I think I might have had like Mike Wallace, and he kind of busted that year, but it didn't really matter. Like all my yeah. other picks panned out pretty well, and uh, I just like you know crushed the league. I think I lost like one or two games like the whole year. Oh, dude, nice. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, I, I championship. Had a... that, that was my hundred dollar league. So that's like a that's like a seven hundred dollar oh uh, payout. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nice. No, that's even that's doubly better. You know, you you have the pride of the, that victory, but then it's just you know the cash. Yeah. That yeah, I think one of my my first championship, I actually made a T-shirt. It's so I still have the T-shirt. It's kind of tight now because you know it's um, it's 13 years ago. But in 2007, uh, Tanner and I were in a league. I, honestly, I think Josh and Derek might have been in that league too, and Jeremy. We did like a redraft free league, and I had um, I had Ben Roethlisberger in one of his only seasons. He threw for thirty touchdowns. He he went like his first ten years in the league. He never threw for more than thirty touchdowns, except this one season. And um, and then I had Browns Braylon Edwards, who had like seventeen touchdowns. He was like one of the top receivers that year. I had. Uh, four four number one receivers. I could only play three of them, and I remember every week. Uh, so I had uh, Saints Marcus Colston, uh, Packers Greg Jennings, and then Larry Fitzgerald was a was a top receiver too. So I had these four number ones, and like every week I couldn't figure out who to start. And I would read all of these like analyst pages and like websites and stuff, and they'd be like, "Oh, Brendan Edwards, uh, 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 you know." Number one receiver this week, got to start him. And then, like, all four of them would say that. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Um, and then I think I had, uh, like, I had, like, Brian Westbrook's good Eagles year. Um, yeah. Antonio Gates was my tight end. It was just awesome. It was an awesome team. Um, sometimes we have those, and sometimes we just have duds. I, I My redraft league I did last year, I, I took Lamar Jackson late. So... I had the best quarterback in the league. I had the best fantasy player in the league. And I still got sixth. My team was trash. But, like, that happens, you know, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> with the best player. Um, okay, so uh, we're all, uh, you know, living life a little differently than I am. What's, what's a quarantine hobby that you uh, enjoy kind of past the time right now? So kind of – so one one of my – Hobbies or something I've kind of gotten more into in the last few years is uh, is my yard. So I've been trying to keep my yard like reading up. We we have um, actually like a hybrid Bermuda grass, so it's like a really fine blade, and uh, it's um, it's the grass that probably it's the same kind of grass that probably like a dozen uh, baseball stadiums have in their outfield. Um, so it's like a really soft, like nice, high-quality grass. Um, it gets really green. It's like drought-resistant. Um, you can stripe it and stuff. Uh, so I've kind of, like, I got a special lawnmower, like a fancy lawnmower um, last year or the year before, and I've been kind of putting more effort into my lawn this year, keeping it looking really go. nice. Um, I have a few other things. Um, I've played the piano for a long time, but that was hard to do with kids. Like, I can't just sit down and play, and then they come up and literally start, like, climbing on top of you or like smashing on the keyboard, like while you're trying to play. Yeah. So like 
you can't play if they're awake, and then you for sure can't play if they're asleep. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. so I'm actually going tomorrow. I'm going to try to go look at um, a digital piano, and uh, I might look into uh, into buying one of that. But I would like to uh, something I'm planning on getting back into a little bit more. And then I just kind of somewhat as as a hobby is I just kind of do some DIY stuff around the house rather than you know pay someone else to do it. But it's 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 something that I. It's like work and like, you know, really strictly speaking, but it's something I kind of enjoy doing and uh, some other stuff. Uh, I'm putting up like a little cedar um, shade wall, like on our back patio. I got the cedar to do that yesterday. I'm going to paint it and uh, cut that all out and uh, put it up probably tomorrow or or this afternoon. And then uh, just some other projects around the house I'm working on. Just kind of, uh, you know, half hobby, half something I do. Because I'm cheap and don't want to pay someone else to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, no. I, I, I have those same struggles. Homeowner, dad, you know, finding time, those things, but finding enjoyment and you know, improving, you know, here and there. Okay, so what's uh, is, do you have any new skills that you've learned or picked up or just gotten better at during this time, at home? No, new skills probably not. Maybe painting toenails. Um, you know, oh, yeah. Okay. Little little, yeah. So I've been doing that a little bit more lately because just like wake up and not really going anywhere. So, she was asking about it this morning. She painted my nails the other day. They're like all like, you know, all coming off and stuff. So she, she may end up, she said she wanted to do them again. So nice. um, she said she wanted to do Lisa's too. So I'm not Lisa let her do that. She might. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, okay. I think we all might have a, a nail painting session in the in the next day or two. Okay, there you go. Nothing. I got a daughter. That's probably the only new thing. Like everything else is is mostly just like old hobbies that I've kind of picked back up or now have time for. Nothing really new that I've started. Okay. Okay. Um, do you have a funny dad story during this uh, quarantine at home with your two yeah. girls? Uh, I mean, there's stuff going all the time. Austin's really funny, and she's, like, really observant and, and like, really particular. So um, she just says funny stuff all the time. But uh, one thing she does is, uh, so a lot of times, especially on the weekends, she wakes up before we do, and she'll come into my room, and she'll wake us up. And if there's something in the living room, uh, that wasn't there when she went to bed. And it could be like the smallest little thing or it could be something like Christmas presents. So she'll come in my room, she'll wake me up, and she'll say, she'll say, Daddy, Daddy, there's a surprise. There's a surprise. I'm a, in the, I don't know why she calls it a surprise because like she thinks that it wasn't there when she went to bed, so she assumes that it just showed up overnight so yeah. she didn't realize that it's there because we put it there. So she'll come out, she'll say, there's a surprise. So like the other day, um, Grant's daughter like outgrew like their little razor scooter, so Ooh, yeah. uh, we got it from them. And Austin is in love with it, but like we just had it and it was just sitting in the living room. And so she wakes up and she's like, "Daddy, Daddy, this is a surprise." Well, so that's like anytime there's something in the living room that wasn't there when she went to sleep, she comes and wakes me up and says, "There's a surprise for you." So I, the other day, she comes to me and she's like, "Daddy, there's a surprise in the living room." I'm like, "No, eh, I don't." okay, like, I don't remember putting anything out there. So, like, I go out, and uh, I walk out of the living room, and she's very excited, big smile on her face, pointing down to a big pile of dog shit on the floor. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't there when she went to bed. Surprise. Yep. Here it is now. So, I was like, oh, uh, 
I I am surprised. Yep. So uh, so I cleaned that up. So uh, with a scooter and that. A small example. She she's funny and just particular in the way she says stuff. You know, like little kids they say stuff really in really funny ways sometimes. Yeah. The yeah. way they work. Which which dog was the culprit? Ness. It's always Ness. It's always Ness. Okay, not Scooter. Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. Um, let's let's uh, let's try to rapid fire these, and uh, we'll just we'll, we'll finish up. Um, yeah, that sounds good. What's new TV show you're watching right now? Uh, Ozark. Right now, we're probably halfway through season three and enjoying okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Netflix. Breaking right? Bad for accountants, pretty much. Oh. Okay. Okay. I haven't checked it out, but maybe I will. Um, what's your least favorite household chore? Uh, probably cleaning the bathrooms, like cleaning the sinks and stuff. Like, mm, yeah, yeah. with you, dude. I don't clean them as much as I should because I don't want to do it. Um, okay, what's the ugliest vehicle color? Like, you buy a new car, you're definitely not getting this color. Probably, probably green. It have to even like a darker green. I could live with, but probably like a lighter green. I'm really not particular on color, but I would just. Green seems like a strange and off vehicle color to me. So I'm kind of like, I, I was like, looking at a different car. Yeah, I like forest green. I like a darker green. But honestly, yeah. really, just anything like yellow or orange or bright green, yeah, definitely not. Oh, yeah, yellow would be weird, too. But yeah, unless you're a bumblebee or something, right? Um, okay, <laughs> favorite zoo animal at the zoo. Like, every time you go to the zoo, maybe you don't see all the animals, but you got to see this one. Yeah. So and this is funny just uh, because of current events, but my whole life, uh, you know, pre-quarantine, pre-Netflix documentaries, my favorite animals to do has been tigers. tigers. And I've always yeah. loved them. I always wanted to see them. I thought they were, like, the coolest things. So little did I know that there's, like, this, you know, wild, seedy, you know, underworld of tiger owners and, and all yeah. that. But um, yeah. I've always Dude, I'll have to talk with maybe the next guy on here about Tiger King, but we need we we got to get some Tiger King thoughts on one of these episodes. It's really funny hearing like seeing people like friends of mine on Facebook and stuff, seeing people not from Oklahoma talk about Tiger King. Oh it's, yeah. I was like, I'm like, yeah, y'all didn't like y'all didn't. Know. I mean, obviously like the murder mystery and stuff, but like the like the whole baseline of like this super like hick, you know, mullet like bleached mullet you know, guy with this, all these big cats, like out in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, like that, you know, that to me, I was like, okay, like, and then tell me where it gets weird, you know? So like, yeah. part of like, part of the adventure of it is just like the landscape, which, you know, growing up around here, you're like, yeah, I've, I've known about that my whole life. Like this just strange, but you get used to it, you know, or it becomes less, it becomes less weird. Right, right, right. Did you hear about the, the TV show adaptation that they're doing with Tiger King. So, no. so Nicolas no. Cage has been cast as the Tiger King just recently. Who? Nicolas Cage, the Nicolas Cage from, uh, uh. you know, like <laughs> National Treasure and uh, I actually like the National Treasure movies. He, he He's done a lot of other crappy movies, but. Yeah. Um, dude, he's perfect. I uh, wonder if I'll they'll shoot it, it in Oklahoma. That's the question I want to know. I hope so. I hope so too. We'll see. Um, okay. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, paper or plastic? Plastic. Um, I'll reuse the bags to pick up dog poop in the backyard. Oh, nailed it. Okay. Or, or the living room. 
Oh, occasionally living room. Yep. Okay. What's the uh, best tattoo you ever saw? Like in person, you saw a tattoo. You're like, whoa, that's awesome. Uh, in person, I can't remember. So when I was uh when I was in high school, there was a guy who was like a couple years older than me, and he went to he when he graduated, he went to the Navy. So then he ended up getting some tattoos, and he came back and he had this big like dragon tattoo on his arm, and, like. I was like, you know, 16 years old. So I was like, that's the most badass tattoo ever. So like, I don't know. Like, I'm, not, okay. I'm actually yeah. not that big into tattoos. Okay. Yeah. No tattoos for yourself. That was like the one tattoo I remember thinking like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was also 16. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like tattoos. I don't have any tattoos, but I, I, do not I can admire other people's, you know, body art. Uh, okay. I considered getting a tattoo a few times. So then I'm like, I, I cannot think of something that I want to like tattoo like on my arm or whatever and then like 30 years from now I'll be like I'm glad I did this like that would be sure, I'm just like I know. that seems unlikely yeah. so yeah. I just like yeah 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 maybe you uh, win another championship in LFL you can get like OBJ face or something yeah. you know one handed catch on your arm or something yeah um, okay um, what what summertime activities you you're looking forward to again once this virus oh dude goes away. so uh so on my street it's like a long street but it's the cul-de-sac at the end so then at the bottom of the street in the cul-de-sac we've set up a pickleball court and uh i don't know if you're familiar with pickleball but it's kind of like basically a mix between ping pong and tennis so it's like a large court um a little bit smaller than a tennis court and then you have like kind of big square wooden paddles and then the ball is like a really thick wiffle ball. So it has holes in it, so it like kind of dies. But you, I mean, you can still, you know, hit it pretty good and you put some spin on it and all that stuff, you know. But it doesn't just – it's not going to travel through the air like, you know, lightning fast for like 60 or 80 yards like you might get a tennis ball to do because it has yeah. the holes in it. Um, but it's thick enough that, you know, it bounces off foul and it gets some good speed and stuff going. So it, it's really fun. We got that set up in the cul-de-sac. I was playing for about an hour last night. And uh, that's just going to be – the weather's really great right now. That's going to be, you know, especially, like, while things are still not fully open and, and also just why people are, in general, not going out as much anyways, it's going to be definitely uh, a thing to do. There was, like, uh, there were, like, four, four or five couples out there, like, playing last night, just, you know, doing, like, doubles and stuff and just switching out. And just, that's cool. There's also things in the bio, so there's, like, a picture of margaritas out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it was, that was totally unrelated. The the margaritas and stuff that was really because thinking the mile. It wasn't like people were out like relaxing playing pickleball because it was thinking the mile. But that's why there was margaritas. Yeah, just the overlap there. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm down. Uh, what's your What's your favorite beer right now? Maybe you know that can change here. Now. Man, what right now. It's hard to just take it down to one, but I'll tell you. So with my new job, I just recently finished all my certifications, and I put a beer in the fridge like a week or two ago to pop open when to celebrate when I finished my my certs, and then I just haven't made time to sit down and enjoy it. And so it's like a pretty high ABV beer. It's like a half liter, so it's something that I want to sip on, so I don't want to just like crack it open at like 9 o'clock or whatever and then just drink it really fast. But um it's from, uh, I have a membership at the uh, American Solera uh, Brewery, so I get, like, basically some member-exclusive beers from them, and this one is a, 
It's an imperial stout, and it was aged in um, port wine barrels, and it's really, really good. I, I've had one or two, and I have one left, and uh, I'm really looking forward. I'm actually thinking that I'll have time to, to drink it tonight, um, so I'm planning on doing that, but it's really good. Okay, nice. Uh, all right, um, peanut butter or chocolate? Peanut butter. Lemonade or tea? Uh, can I say uh, Arnold Palmer? Yeah, yeah, that's mixing together. Yeah, that's the correct answer. Because I'm yeah. actually not a huge fan of either, but uh-huh. I, I really like every now and then if I'm somewhere where I think of it, I'm like, man, I'm just gonna, you know, if you go to like some like counter service place for lunch, something and they have tea and lemonade sitting out, I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna yeah, make yeah, yeah, or like a like a baby shower or some kid's graduation yeah, party yeah. or something. Yeah, so I kind of yeah. cut back on the sugary drinks. So I really don't hardly drink any lemonade. So I, I've it's like in the last couple of years, I've, I've really mostly eliminated sugary drinks, but an Arnold Palmer is a really, especially in the summer, it's a really good hot weather. Drink. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Um, pizza or tacos? Pizza. Okay. Uh, I like tacos. I love pizza. Dude, pizza. I had pizza last night. We had uh Domino's. On Domino's is so good, to be honest. Like it's a chain, and it's like it's cheap, you know, whatever. But it was crazy. Like, Domino's used to be not good. Like it, it yeah, was Domino's like the nasty. cheapest, grossest. Like, and then they kind of like rebranded almost, and and really yeah. just like yeah, it's, it's just like a slightly fancier, and like you can get those like three topping larges for eight bucks, like so ridiculous. Yeah, that's a, so. yeah we got two yesterday. Yeah. I love to mix up, man. Get like some, uh, like some salami, some Italian sausage, with banana peppers on there. Yeah. Like have that. you okay? Have, um, have you been to Torchy's Tacos? Yeah, Tor- they are good too. Dude, Torchy's I like Torchy's and Torchy's the best places, taco places. Uh, like counter service cheap taco places. Those uh-huh. are good. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Torchy's so, really good. Oh, love it. Love it. Yeah. All right. Last one, and we will finally wrap this. Uh, Record-breaking pod length. Yeah, this is like two podcasts, man. This is like two I hope pod. everyone's enjoying this. If, as much if as you, I am. the listeners, if you've made it this far, um, throw throw a comment in the group. Me, tell us how many days uh, it took in pieces that you finally finished this episode. Well, <laughs> you mowed your lawn three times if you're listening. No, to all. exactly. I love listening. To like I sometimes I listen to music and podcast episodes on mowing. Um, but yeah, this would be yeah, multiple of my lawns. It takes me right about an hour to do my front and back mow, and then do all the edging and weed eating. So I, I've done like literally like put my lawnmower up and then podcast in. So I've done that like more than once. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah, perfect. Um, okay. So, uh, so give me a Mount Rushmore of fantasy football. Four faces okay. of like these guys represent the 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 whole sport of fantasy football. Yeah. This is a tough one. I thought about this last night for a little bit. So I'm gonna, you got to put LT on there. I think you have to put LT on there. Have to, um, for sure. Yeah, he is on there. Um, a little bit before my time. So I'm going to stick with guys who have been around while I played fantasy and, like, most of their relevance is while I played fantasy. But honorable mention Randy Moss. Um, I think you oh, huge. he would be sure. totally amiss to just, like, not mention Randy Moss when you talk about, but he was really before my time, so I'm not going to put him on there, but I, I want to mention him. Okay, good. Um, but I'm going to put LP on there. Um, now, I don't know if y'all play in a lot of Superflex leagues, but like I'm going to put 
uh, Drew Brees up there. Um, now, I will readily admit, in a 1QB league, he's not, you know, he's still valuable, but he's not like a league winner per se. Yeah, in sense. yeah, but even like, in sense, early, like early in his career with the Saints and like early in our careers as fantasy people, people were still, even in 1QB leagues, we were all still drafting quarterbacks like higher than we should have yeah. probably. Yeah. So Breeze is yeah. still a first rounder. I mean, I took Peyton Manning in multiple drafts, like in first rounds, when probably shouldn't have. One of my leagues that I stay in, I mean, the main reason I stay in it is because I'm like making money, like more years than not in that league. But there is a person in that league. This year was the first year I've been in this league for probably six or eight years, and this year was the first year that this person did not take Drew Brees in the first round of that. Oh league. my goodness. So, just a huge Drew Brees fan, and like you took him second round really instead, huh? You know, so yeah, you know, like last year he had like slightly down year, and then or so. Um, so anyways, I got to put Drew Brees up there. Um, I had a really hard time coming up with a third one. I think I don't. It's maybe a little soon, but I think I'm gonna go ahead and put Christian McCaffrey up there. He's oh, out of control, good. Yeah, he He's is out kind of the good. LT of of this era now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's just, he's so good. And I was trying to come up with, like, a fourth guy. Um, I was looking at some stats. Um, I was looking at Gronk or um, Antonio Gates. But, honestly, they didn't do it for the number of years that uh, that I wanted to put him on Mount Rushmore. Gronk is so close, but he's just not there for me. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to go with T.O., for my uh, for my oh, spot. good. You did need a receiver on there. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So I got. Uh, I'm gonna do LT, um, uh, LT Breeze, To, and and I'm gonna go ahead and put McCaffrey on now. Um, it like could it. be you know like something crazy happens. You know three years from now, if you're like McCaffrey, that guy, he had like two good years. You know, like well, sorry, you already carved it out, sure. so he's on the mountain. But um, he's he is so out of control good right now. It's, it's insane. Yeah, he's doing it. and uh, He's, like, untouchably valuable. Right? It's yeah. just, and that's how it was. And that's kind of like when I think of a Mount Rushmore. Like, you think of, like, a Drew Brees in a Superflex league or LT in any league or McCaffrey right now. Those are guys that you, are not, you have to draft them. You are not going to acquire them in a trade. If you acquire them in a trade, you're going to trash your team for what you gave up to get them. There's no way you're going to get them and not like, like, well, I hope you enjoyed the only good player that you have now is that guy. So yeah. If it's anywhere close to, you're not going to, yeah. Dude, here's what's wild about Christian McCaffrey. So last season, uh, he was, what is it? Uh, uh, last season he was, he scored 413 points. Okay. And Lamar Jackson scored 415. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how amazing those guys were. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a wild ride, and he's he's in his prime. So, um, I got no no problems with it on the Mount Rushmore. All right, Kyle. Well, uh, that was a good episode. We got into a bunch of stuff. Your team, the league. Um, you know, just little uh tidbits about yourself so 
Uh, appreciate your yeah, time. Yeah, I, I appreciate the time. It went a long time, but it was nice to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, you, you know, these podcasts, I don't know about everyone else, but I kind of just listen to things when I'm mowing the lawn or I'm driving to work or maybe I'm at work and I'm, you know, working on spreadsheets or something, I, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so the rest of the league, when they get into this, you know, they can break it up here and there, or maybe they just power through the whole two hours, you know. Nothing wrong with that. So Maybe you got a really big one. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but Okay, well, you enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, I'm going to get this uploaded, and I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon, you know, league or otherwise. So. All right, yeah, man, appreciate it. You too. Have a good one. All right, see ya. See ya.